Hello and welcome to the Shea Hates Everything podcast where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay, and today I hate Twitter hot takes. And my name is Kyle and today I hate the Xenia Taco Bell. So the ending of last episode, we talked a lot about food. It's true. And we got an email today specifically about food. I also have another thing that's about food, and here's a thing about food. So I feel like this is now a food podcast where we occasionally talk about video games. The Shay Eats Everything podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like, I'm sure this podcast already exists, but a like food review podcast sounds like a really smart idea for someone to do. Just like I'm sure there are a million of them. A daily podcast. Here, here's the pitch. Someone can steal his idea. Daily podcast. It's like fifteen to twenty minutes long. Two to three people who all eat the same thing and then talk about it. They can eat it. Uh, they probably don't want to eat it on the podcast because like audio eating sounds are not appealing. That's a separate podcast, <laughs> right? There, I'm sure there's some like ASMR shit about people eating. <laughs> That's like the worst ASMR ever. <laughs> <laughs> just like swallowing (laughs) Mm, yeah mm, food so why why does the xenia taco bell so this isn't even about the food this is just about being in xenia stuck in a taco bell line because the way our taco bell is set up is you like once you're in the line there's like plants and like stuff around you you can't leave the line you're stuck you're going through it Mm. so it's a commitment I worked a 14-hour shift yesterday for an event, and I was like, you know what? Taco Bell, before I go home, I have earned it, and I made the mistake of going to the Xenia one, because by the time I made that decision, I was too far away from the other one. So, went into Xenia, hopped in line, and the line's, like, all the way full. Like, it's almost out Mm -hmm. to the street, so I'm, like, the last car that can get in without being, like, on the street. Mm -hmm. So, I do that, because I'm a fool. And I, I knew what I was getting into, though. I knew it was going to be, like, 25 minutes. Because it's always... It's absurdly long. Like, there's only... To put it in perspective, there's only really, like, 11 cars. But you're going to be waiting almost a half an hour for your food. That's how much this Taco Bell sucks. And okay. the employees know it. So I hop in line. And I'm in it for maybe, like, six minutes. And I have not moved yet. So there's just, like, someone up at... This is... All right. Also, in perspective, on a Saturday night... This is uh, 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday night. Um, So I'm in line for maybe six minutes. It doesn't move. And then I see some kids, like, roll up to the Taco Bell on their bikes. And, like, they try to get in, and the door's locked because they're only doing the drive-thru thing. Like, the actual in-store thing is closed. It's just drive-thru. But, like, they keep, like, banging on the windows and, like, Mm -hmm. trying to open the door like violently and obviously no one's gonna fucking open the door dude and then one of the kids takes his bike and smashes it against the door and then like yells something and then hops on it and they roll off so i was like all right shit that kid needed some fucking taco bell in his life and he's not getting it damn son wish you had a car uh and then like a couple so i move up a couple spaces in line a couple minutes later this lady 
walks by and she's she has three kids one of them is an infant and it's like on her shoulder and then she has two other like maybe four or five year old kids and one of those kids is carrying a gas can and they look like they're having a bad time (laughs) so they're like they're walking i don't know how far to the gas station to fill up a gas can um and so they just look like they were having a really bad time and then few minutes later i'm like two two cars from ordering and it's going very slow still um this is maybe around like the 15 minute mark of my journey and i hear (laughs) and i look over and the two fucking lamest ass cars i have seen in my fucking life these guys give a shit about what their cars look like and the paint jobs and the low lights or whatever you want to call them. These guys care about their fucking cars in yeah. a way that tells me I don't have to give a shit about them as people. Right. And they have the whistle go woo woo engine like <laughs> like that stupid shit. And they are just they hop in line and in line they're just revving their stupid ass loud ass engines over awesome. and over again and like shouting at each other out of their windows <sighs> did you get your taco bell i did uh and i so i finally get up to the line and they're like they're doing their loud ass like please god notice me because i didn't get enough yes. love and attention from elsewhere right. um they're doing their thing back there and then the dude so i roll up to the the intercom I was like, how are you doing? <laughs> I was like, dude, how do you think I'm doing? Uh, and, I was like, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I hear that. I was like, how are you, man? Uh, and he said, fantastically stuck at work. What can I get for you? Nice. Which was a pretty good line. And then I got my Taco Bell. And I left. And I hope I don't ever see those two fuck faces again. Was it worth it, though? That's the question. Uh, only because I had just worked 14 hours. Fair. And I got a big ice-cold Baja Blast, mm-hmm. chugged it, uh, and then like a bunch of really bad food. That was w- precisely what I needed at the time. Taco Bell is definitely the go-to. Yeah. For me, in, in like shitty day, I want to continue to be shitty. Like The world was shitty to me, so I'm going to take it out on my body. Taco Bell is the answer. Yes. They should put that in the commercials. Live mas. <laughs> well, let's dive in. Well, we hold on. tell me team. about the Twitter hot takes. We'll get into that in uh, the hate of the week. Ooh, okay. All Twitter right. sucks. That's, that's, how much, that's how much you hated it. It's the t- yes. today I hate and the hate of the week. Wow. Twi- Twitter is the worst. I hate it so much. It, it's annoying. I believe that. Uh, it's really like internet. The internet is the worst. And then bigger than that is like what the internet has done to human beings is the worst. That's really the complaint here. It's not specifically uh, at Twitter. What human beings have made of the internet, I think. What is the internet the has correct. drawn out yes. of the dark depths of humanity. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, we got a hefty amount of news. So let's dive right in. I played a new video game. That's the number one biggest news story. Okay, hold on. I have to stop you already. Yes. You did this last podcast, and you did did it this podcast, too. 
you said we have a whole bunch of news, so let's jump right in or dive right in. But we're not talking about the news yet. No, I, I just you mean didn't, like you didn't complete your thought, and so it made it sound like we were going to jump into the news. And you did it last episode too, where I was sitting there listening, and I was like, "Wait, news already?" But we talked about all this other stuff. Oh, he just misspoke. I'm no, I'm not mis, I'm not misspokening. I'm, oh. I'm saying <laughs> Are there, there's a lot of <laughs> that's an ironic <laughs> sentence. There's, there's a lot of news to get to, so let's talking, let's stop talking about the random shit follow the course of the podcast let's let's get into all the stuff we've been doing so that we can get to all the news right but that's not what you so, said but that but it's still like hey there's a lot of news so let's get like let's get going that's what i'm saying i yeah what the fuck's your problem huh <laughs> i worked a 14 hour shift yesterday i have to take it out on somebody on do you want to navigate us through the like meaningless transitions that I'm having to come up with on the fly here as you're ranting about Taco Bell for ten minutes? What am I? How? What am I supposed to do with that? How am I? Where am I supposed to take us? Hey, that In sucks, thing Kyle. The you know what doesn't podcast. suck? Metro Exodus. Um, but it isn't that great, actually. Oh, so it's not really suck your chode. Yeah, so I started playing Metro Exodus, which, like, for me is a new game. It isn't new, because it came out when, like, March. Um, and I was like, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to save a game for when Penny's born so that I have something to play in the, like, summer slumps when, I ha- when I'm watching her. Because I was young and naive back then, <laughs> and I thought that I would be able to do things right. with my daughter, and I cannot. Um, I started it. I played about 90 minutes last Saturday. While Penny was combo like sleeping, and then um, she was just kind of like chilling, and I had some time where I could actually do something where she didn't need constant attention. Have not come back to it because those times are very infrequent when those two things come together. But um, I mean, it's 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 fine. I'm not saying it's like shit, but it it feels like a B tier game in that it's like something about it feels a little janky. Like, the movement's not that smooth. Um, the mechanics of it don't feel awesome. Like, the shooting doesn't feel awesome. And in Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light, in 2033, the world kind of got me through the bad shooting mechanics. And then they were better in Last Light, but primarily the story got me through in Last Light. Last granted, Light I'm only, really an hour, I'm only an hour and a half in, but I'm not, like crazy invested in the story yet of this uh it's very linear thus far which i'm kind of surprised by because i know you and a lot of people mentioned like how open it is uh with like little like side missions and areas to explore and stuff and none of that has been the case so far we just got the train we're now on the train being chased by another train and i just hopped over to the other train and that's as far as i am yeah so like basically after the first train bit is where you get to yeah. the, ne- the big op- the first of the big open areas. Okay, and I, I'm interested I, I to see what, how you feel about that because for me that that was the weakest part of the game was okay. the areas that opened up even more. Like in particular, the sand area is the most open, and I just mm. feel like there isn't that much to do. It's mostly just like scrounging for stuff, which is right. I still find fun. Like I play survival games, whatever, but. Um, there isn't that much stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I actually, I preferred that first area. Um, the one, like, though it's, like, underwatery, Not underwater, but the, like, everything's, like, 
Oh, you're not there yet. No. Never mind. That's the next <laughs> place you go. That's okay. my favorite of the few places that you go. Okay. Um, the sand is my least favorite, and then the place after that is my second favorite. If I'm remembering all of the places, which I might not be. Uh... The idea of okay, well, the, game the place you're about to get to is good. Is good. Okay. I like how the whole story is all about you are stuck in Russia in underground. Like you can't really go above ground because of all the radiation and blah blah blah. And now you're hearing that there are people from other villages that are like alive and you didn't know that. Yeah. And so it kind of opens up a lot of. Um, potential storylines and stuff right. of exploring the larger world and being in touch with because like in the opening and then this isn't really a spoiler because it's in the opening hour of the game but you find a secret hidden like military base where you effectively find out that they have been shutting off all transmissions in and outside of the city and so there are people across the world that have been like trying to get in communication with each other and with you that has been shut down and now it is not shut down, and that just—it's—it's it, it's a pretty big moment of like, holy shit, your your entire outlook on the world has been misinformed. Yeah, and that's not, pretty like, neat. The the potential world is now exponentially larger. Like yes, it, yeah, like you said, the possibilities feel a lot grander. My largest complaint is the flashlight. In this, I mean, it's a dark game. It's a lot of like underground shit. It's spooky. Have you been but charging your thing? I don't know. I don't know how. I okay. didn't get a tooltip or anything to charge it. So that's something that because it's the third game in a series, they're kind of bad about, which is like telling you how to do things like when tooltips pop up properly. But there's like a charger. It's like a hand crank. And mm -hmm. you charge that up like with a few pulses or whatever, and your flashlight will get brighter for a little while, and then it'll start wearing down, and you can recharge it if you want, or you can just run around on low battery. I remember that from last light. I yeah, I didn't see a tooltip for that, and so I thought it was just a stylistic choice to make it really dim because I can't see dick in right. this game so that ever. And makes it's, not, a big it's not just it's not just the darkness. It's when you're outside, there's like snow and water and stuff on your mask that you like wipe off, and there are right. cobwebs everywhere, and like just the wind, and it's just impossible to see anything. Compounded with the fact that you are losing your air filters gives you a sense of urgency that makes me not want to explore open areas. It's that, like, um, Borderlands the pre-sequel problem of you're on the moon, but you have limited oxygen, so you don't want to go check every nook and cranny because you only have so much oxygen. And that those two, like, exploration versus the survival element do not seem to mesh well. And so, again, this is all super early, but, like, the, an initial thing, like, you're running away with your wife, Anna... And she's like leading you through, and there are there's shit everywhere, and I like I want to go around and look, but my oxygen's running out, and so I can't stop and look everywhere, and that's like if you like it's not letting me do the thing that it is also telling me that I should do. I don't, I don't well, get it. and once you're out of the city, that becomes less of an issue because like in the city the radiation is a lot more concentrated, and so like what they come to find out is that like the air is a lot more breathable than other places. They're okay. so like don't let that discourage you from playing yeah. the game or exploring and stuff because i i never was in a situation where i was out of air completely like there right. are pockets of bad juju here and there 
like bad air and stuff, but like your thing beeps and then your guy goes <gasps> and then you just throw yeah. on your gas mask for however much time you're in that area. And then or you could walk around with your gas mask on all the time and it will only tick down when you're in those bad pockets. Oh, I see. But yeah. your gas mask could get damaged if you have it right. That was like a that cool moment. When I, I'm like infiltrating this base and my mask got shot, yeah. And so like he puts a piece of tape over it, like mm-hmm. that, and so that tape is in your screen, right? Like that kind of stuff is really cool and immersive. And I don't mind, like I don't mind the charging the flashlight, the replacing the filters on the gas mask. Yeah. It's like, all immersion building. Yeah, that's what the game is. It it adds additional mechanics to compensate for the like mediocre shooting stuff, right? So like all of that, I'm totally fine with. It just it was more about the exploration versus. Not like it. The game is telling you you need to get where you need to go quick, while also saying make sure you're looting around to find the extra ammo and shit. Which yeah. is part of the other problem That's too. Few of like, and far between throughout the rest of the game. Obviously, you're finding a lot of stuff on dead soldiers' bodies, like ammo and they have guns yeah. and whatnot. But also, you can search some crates and you know lockers and stuff, but not all of them. And so it's again that sure. problem of I come into a room, I see a bunch of boxes you don't know everywhere, what you can but with. only like three of the twenty boxes I can interact with, and that's just like it's it's just kind of frustrating. And yeah. it it teaches the player like I don't know where to go or what to look for in order to find the stuff. Yeah, and that's so. that's something that of course over time you kind of get used to and you're able to spot that stuff better. But um, in the in the beginning, I can see how that would be frustrating. But just know that it it opens up very soon and. You don't have to worry about oxygen as much as you think you're going to, mm-hmm. and you can really take it kind of at your own pace for almost the entire game. I also started with Russian voice acting with English subtitles because I had heard from a lot of people that the English voice acting is maybe not the best. Yeah. But I changed that after this first session because there's so much story that's happening while you are playing the game. Right. And I cannot read subtitles while I am also trying to shoot guys. So I'm kind of just stuck with the bad English voice acting, I guess. Yeah, I always felt that like the Russian stuff was good for like a second playthrough. Sure. Since Once you, you, since know you already story. know the broad strokes, yeah. then you can kind of get some of the more... How, how the delivery was more intended to be. Yeah. Um, so beyond 90 minutes of Metro Exodus, I... Popped into Destiny 2 a couple times just to play some strikes, do a little quest, that sort of thing. It's same stuff. I'm not really doing it for any reason. It's not really worth my time, but I continue to every, occasionally go back to it. I think because it's so di- easily digestible, it's not like going back to Metro where I need to pay attention to it. With Destiny, I can throw it on and go on a strike and turn the volume all the way down while I watch Penny and play at the same time. I can't right. really do that with a new game, so... That will continue to be my background game, I guess you could say. Yeah. So what have you been playing? Um, so speaking of Metro Exodus, the first DLC thing came out called The Two Colonels. It's a story-based right. DLC. It's like a little standalone thing. And I wasn't expecting it to directly tie into the events of the campaign, but it actually does in kind of a neat way. Um, hmm. And you play as a character that's only kind of like tangentially referenced a couple of times during the campaign. Um uh, but I think it kind of helps fill out some of the edges of the story a little bit, and there's kind of a blank mm-hmm. space of time um, that is kind of also uh, sh- uh, the light is shed on that a little bit. Um, in terms of like the actual gameplay of it, it's very choppy because it's like going through 
like you basically play a little bit and then there's a time lapse and you play a little bit and there's a time lapse and then there's a little bit of how it connects to the main story and then there's a time lapse there's play a little bit and it's very choppy um and but it, like your main weapon is a flamethrower and so that feels new well mm, I, okay. I i say main weapon that's really your only weapon for most of it there are some sections where you do get like a, a proper gun but um yeah, it, it it's it's interesting. I mean, it's like they continue to think up cool new mutated stuff, and it sure. takes place in the metro proper for most of it. So it's nice to be like kind of back in the tunnels again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was worthwhile. I like I know the um, I think the expansion pass is twenty five dollars, and it's going to be this DLC and then one more story DLC. Uh, and this one took me like three hours to beat. So I I don't. I don't know if necessarily it's a great value for twenty five dollars. Twenty five seems kind of hefty, but yeah. if it's like a story focused, all new stuff that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, like it kind of it reminds me a little bit of the Bioshock Infinite stuff, right? Where they did the two story things that were like connected, but also very unique and different. Yeah, and if that's what they're going for, I think that it's more worthwhile money monetarily, just because it's not like one more mission of the same game. It exactly. feels like they're actually changing and, and doing new stuff yeah like you're playing as a different character and kind of learning yeah. more about them and fleshing out some of that stuff and then that character knows a character from the story and yada yada so um i don't know it, it fills some stuff in uh kind of around the edges which i appreciate mm-hmm. um but yeah so that was it's the two kernels I, it's if you like metro you should absolutely be playing it of course sure um i beat re4 on switch uh okay. and then i went into round two and then i beat it again <laughs> so with all my upgraded stuff oh man it must be nice not to have a kid right just like like the amount of time that you invest in playing games boggles my mind and i was 100 percent there oh, i was yeah. there in february of this year just like i never play video games anymore two hours a week probably yeah like i used to play 20 hours a week maybe more probably more Ah, oh, life <laughs> it's so depressing <laughs> i love my daughter to death would not trade it for anything in the world except but that maybe part an of like, extra 18 hours of video games a week <laughs> if, if it was like 30 more hours then we then we could talk right but no just crazy so i played more of that game it continues to be my favorite uh did you play it on like professional the second time through no because you if you to do it on professional you have to start a new run and i just wanted to like ah. blast my way through with the gotcha the new game good weapons um I did something actually in that game that I've never done before, uh, which is on the last boss, you shoot these little eyeballs on his legs because he has like this giant spider legs, uh, mm-hmm. and he's coming at you, and his body's like hanging down and ragdolling in the middle, and then there's these like eyeballs that open up on the joints of the spider leg, and if you shoot him, he goes down, and then like his neck elongates, and there's a giant eyeball inside of his face, uh, mouth thing. Um, and then you can hit a button and you run up and you stab it and you have mm-hmm. to do that like seven or eight times. And then Ada throws the rocket launcher at you and then you shoot it and he dies. And this, because I was like, well, maybe it's just that you have to deal a certain amount of damage to the eyeball and you don't just have to stab it a bunch of times. So I took out my Magnum and I shot it, my fully upgraded Magnum. I shot it twice 
and he went automatically to the rocket launcher phase. Oh, wow. So I was like, well, that's fucking way easier. Because I <laughs> yeah. can just take my TMP, like, spray bullets at the eyeballs until they open, and he goes down, and then I magnum it, and then I do it one more time, and then I pick up the rocket launcher, I shoot him, and I'm done. Um, so that makes that way easier. Uh, and then... Hot Resident Evil 4 strats. Yeah, and, like, uh, during the playthrough, I also, like, went back to a lot of areas in a way that I normally don't. And it was interesting, like, they have different spawn sets of enemies for, like, if, by chance, you were to return to an area just to, like, go back and get some loot or you forgot something or wanted to explore more, um, they actually spawn in a couple extra enemies, which is interesting. Um, I picked up Rebel Galaxy Outlaw on epic store um so the first rebel galaxy was like a kind of like a third person and you could also do like kind of an rts view of um uh like sci-fi spaceships shooting other spaceships kind of game uh and you could mmo right no you could kind of um pull out and then it was single player and you could kind of like pull out and have like a full combat map view thing um, but this one is now a first person, uh, like it's like Freelancer, which is hmm. a game that came out uh, after 2000 on the PC, and it was like rolling around in your spaceship, going to different spaceports, playing however you want. You could like pick up goods at one port, fly them to another one, and then like sell them for more or like do missions and stuff. And this is exactly that, but it just has like a little more style and flair to it. And it was made in 2019, not like 2003. (laughs) Um, But uh, I really, really liked freelancer and this hits a lot of those same beats, but the flying is just less interesting. Like it's all about like diverting power into different sources and stuff. And, I don't know. It just like it doesn't control as well as I would like it to. And then there are some ways where they like make it too easy. In other ways, it's like too complicated, and it just didn't feel balanced very well. And I felt like I was stumbling into like really hard situations a lot, and it got frustrating. Um, so I don't know that I'll play any more of it, but I should probably just play more Freelancer. Um, and then I played Absolov End of Gods, which is a horror, a Viking horror game. Nice. But it's like a cyberpunk Viking horror game because it takes place like in the future, but it's like the Earth was connected to all the other like Viking realms, like like Midgar was connected okay. to Helheim and all these other places. Yep. But they're like super fucked up, like not like Thor. It's more yeah. it's more like spiders made out of human body parts and like <laughs> shit like that. Um, you didn't see those guys in Thor Ragnarok? <laughs> no, I wasn't paying attention enough. I guess I was. Too busy laughing at Jeff Goldblum. Um, (laughs) And it's weird. It's got a lot of weird stuff going on. It's definitely, like, it's a walking simulator, quote-unquote, with some light Mm -hmm. gameplay elements where you have a hand because one of the spider things takes off your arm and you get this special hand that has, like, power that you can recharge. uh, And you can use that as a way to, like, kill certain enemies and, like, get past other obstacles. Um, but like the voice acting's really like the performances are kind of bad. Sure. Um, and that's like the point of the game is getting through the yeah. story of it, story, and, like yeah. kind of absorbing that, and it's just not very good. And like, there's not enough. There's not enough to the gameplay to keep me really interested. 
Uh, it's a lot of like sneaking around, trying not to get like engaged with enemies. But if you do, you have something you can fall back on. Um, it's just that thing that I've done a bunch of times, but like the story is not presented in a very good way. So I don't know if I'll finish it or not. I got mm-hmm. maybe like three or four hours into it. Um, I'm just not like feeling the impetus to go back. And lastly, so that's Absolov. A-P-S-U-L-O-V, End of Gods. And I'm assuming this is a, on PC. Yes, only. yeah, I got that on uh, Steam, I think. And lastly, on PS4, I picked up Remnant from the Ashes, which is like Dark Souls with guns, but not Bloodborne. It's like Dark mm-hmm. Souls where your main weapon is guns. That Weird. makes sense. Because, like, Bloodborne, you have a gun, but it's mainly for staggering yes. or, like, right. dealing a little bit of damage. But this is, like, it's actually just guns. Uh, and kind of the whole setup is, like, the world, actually, in a very absolavi like way, the world was connected to these other realms and the shit came through called The Root. And it's been corrupting the planet. And you're trying to, like, put a stop to it because you're a hero. How um, come all those, like, malevolent forces are called The Something? Like, The Root, and then thinking about, like, like I'm listening to The Adventure Zone a lot, obviously, and they had, like, the new bad thing is called The Quell, and, like, you have The Flood from Halo. Like, everything's, like, The Noun. Well, anything that's supposed to be, like, a hive mind-ish thing yeah. is, like, The, because it's all a singular thing. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. It's played out. Oh, for sure. Uh, this is okay, though. Like, there's more story in this than there would be in, like, a Dark Souls. Also, I apologize if you hear dishes in the background. My wife is doing dishes. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Like, um, there, it's definitely a B tier. <laughs> like, there, sure. the texture pop-in is horrendous. Uh, like, like, it's like Mass Effect 2 levels of texture pop-in. Um, yeah. And it took me a little while to get used to the way the movement worked, but I kind of I've gotten used to it since then. It feels pretty stiff and slow in, at certain points, um, but you kind of get used to it and can compensate for it. Um, and it it opens up in kind of a neat way. But one of the big draws for the game is that you it's co op, so you can like join someone else's world and play through it uh, with them. But each world is different. It like has a world seed almost, and where it, like there are core things that have to happen and core structures that have to be there for the story. But everything surrounding that is randomly generated or randomly arranged, mm-hmm. I should say, um, like including enemy placements and stuff like that. So uh, that kind of keeps it fresh. But I'm noticing, like you start in like a city. And then you move on to like this kind of deserty, wastelandy area. But in the city, I noticed that like a lot of the same segments of the levels would be repeating themselves, just connected to other segments. And it's like yeah. there weren't and there wasn't enough variety, or maybe I just got right. unlucky. Um, and so basically, there's more or less the structure of it is you enter an area, and like there are there are even quote-unquote campfires they're giant glowing stones Hmm. you can travel between you have a safe base that you can travel back to where you upgrade your stuff and where a lot of the story is kind of doled out to you talking with characters like buying new items unlocking stuff and there's like a there's like it's like a facility and so i imagine as i go through the game i can unlock lower and lower levels of it that tell me more and more about the mystery of it um and then i bet the final boss is down there or something 
uh, that would make the most sense. Where it's like, oh, the final boss is, was in the base the whole time. Um, that's where I probably see it going. But I'm, I'm about nine hours into it now. But um, I beat the city. And the way the city is constructed was you would start an area, go through it. And then you would find these like little sewer entrances. And there were a couple different ones. And they would lead you down into what's called a dungeon and the dungeons are also randomly generated, but only once, just like the World Seed. And But the enemy placements inside the dungeons are very randomly generated. And the end of the dungeon will either be another exit point, or it'll be a mini-boss. Um, and uh, each dungeon is kind of themed after the boss of the area that you're in. Like, the enemies okay. you fight have to do with it. Like, there was one boss... The first boss I fought in the dungeon... Uh, there were these like weird like effigy structures, and if I would destroy it, the mini boss would actually appear, and I would fight him for a little bit, and like kind of get an mm. idea of what his move sets are, and then he would disappear. Uh, I don't know if it was timed or if I did enough damage or or what. One time I died, uh, but then I, when I got to the end of the dungeon, I passed through the fog, just like you do in Dark Souls. You hit a button, <laughs> and there's an animation of you walking through fog. I was yeah. like, seriously, this is what we're doing? Uh, and then I was just in a boss fight, uh, basically. There's a little cutscene that played, and then I fought him, and I kind of already knew some of his movesets from his sure. effigies from before, and then, so I only died on him once, and then I beat him the second time. That was the first boss. So I've, I've killed three bosses so far, I don't know which ones are mini bosses and which are like main bosses, but I've killed three of them and I've only died on one of them once. Um, so like the bosses themselves, I'm like barely scraping by, but I'm able to do it like first try almost. So yeah. it's not like crazy hard or maybe there's at least like a little bit of forgiveness in some of the stuff that's going on, but um, they've all been vastly different and required a lot of different tactics on my part. And it's getting through the worlds that seems to be the hardest part for me because sometimes you just get like crazy enemy mm. spawns and I'm playing by myself and I'm like a ranged character um, and that it, you can get overwhelmed very quickly and there are s certain things that you can do to kind of mitigate that like weapons can have mods in them and the mods are like an alt fire one of the mods is I, I fire a thing and any enemy within 10 meters is drawn to it kind of like a dummy target basically to keep them from aggroing me and then I yeah. can kind of pick them off as they do that. There's one that's like a pool of healing. There's one that's any enemy within 40 meters gets marked. So I can see them through walls and stuff. And they also take extra critical damage. Um, there's one that like makes my bullets fire bullets. And so it does DOT. <laughs> and then I... That sounds like a Borderlands yeah, <laughs> capability. Yeah. And then there's one that I just picked up a, a new weapon. Well, I crafted a new weapon after beating a boss. Uh, and it's called the Spitfire, I think is what it's called. And it's it's like a like a submachine gun, but its alt fire is a flamethrower, which mm -hmm. is it's dope. And so the way the alt fires or mods work is they have some of them charge over time, but some of them charge based on like uh, kills with the weapon. So like that one, I have to kill enemies with a submachine gun mode in order to charge it. And then I have a certain number of uses of the flamethrower. I could kill a couple enemies, get a couple more uses of flamethrower, so on mm -hmm. and so forth. And then like the one that is, um, <clears throat> the like draw aggro. I think that one's just get kills with it, but I know there's definitely one that's just like charges over time. Maybe that's the healing one. I don't know. Um, it's just strange because in a very Dark Souls way, there are a lot of mechanics that it doesn't explain and things that are happening and you're just kind of learning them through doing them. Like there's there's a shop where you can go buy mats to upgrade your weapons. Um, 
Because when you kill enemies, you're getting scrap, and scrap is like your souls, it's your currency. And so I can go to the shop and buy stuff, but she has limited stock. And then, like, I will go and play for a little bit, and I'll come back, and sometimes she doesn't have more, and sometimes she has, like, a bunch more. So I don't know what I'm doing to trigger her getting more stock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a little hard to kind of wrap your head around. But, like, I beat a little, like, defend this character thing, and then that character went back to my base, so now I have access to her stuff, and she's, like, upgrading my, quote-unquote, Estus flasks, my dragon hearts, which... I use as healing items, but they it recharges to three uses when I use a keystone. But yeah. when I use a keystone, all the enemies respawn because it's a Dark Souls game. Uh, that yeah, kind of I mean, stuff. it sounds like it sounds like a definitely a Dark Souls like, but that it has a There's lot enough of different, different like additional mechanics to it or right. systems to it that maybe are interesting. Yeah, like it sound. I mean, as someone that doesn't that is not invested in those games, it sounds like. The Surge or Lords of the Fallen, where it is doing what Dark Souls does, but it's trying to do enough stuff that's different. Right. Like if you like Dark Souls, it's worth seeing what this has to offer. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And also, just because you're good at Dark Souls doesn't mean you're going to be good at this, because it is mm-hmm. a lot of ranged combat. And I would say the melee combat is not anywhere near as satisfying or as in depth as like a Dark Souls is. Um. Uh. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting and like you're you're leveling up and as you level up you're spending you're getting trait points which you can put in different traits and as you explore the world you unlock new types of traits like one of them is just straight up hey you get more experience percentage uh when you kill stuff one of them is more health more stamina like uh enemies won't notice you as easily um uh another one is like uh ranged damage resistance uh more critical damage or, or more weak point damage i think is it is what it is mm-hmm. um there's a lot of different traits i have like nine or ten different traits unlocked right now that i can put those points into but it's getting to the point where like i'm level 38 or 39 now so it's taking a while to level up and get those trait points so it's yeah. like and the the increases are very incremental like i've put uh, like nine trait points into health and it's only given me like 20 extra health because it's like mm-hmm. an extra 2.5 health every time I put a point in or something like that. <laughs> um, so it's a little meager with the like the increases and stuff that you get from it. Um, but I don't know. I, I like o- over time it does feel like I'm kind of crafting the character how I want it uh, or like the things that I feel are useful like I have increased reload speed because the rifle that I use, um, it has nine shots in it, but to reload, he has to put each shell back in. So if I mm-hmm. have increased reload speed, it really speeds up that process. Um, and you can reload through dodge roll animations, which is nice. That's extremely <laughs> can important. Can you sprint and reload? Yes. That's uh, the real key. But you do have stamina. So sprinting and yeah. dodge rolling takes your stamina. There are no invincibility frames that I've been able to find. Mm-hmm. Um like that might not be true. I feel like there are some attacks that have certainly hit me while I've been dodge rolling, but there are other attacks that should have that did not. I'm just kind of unclear if there are iframes or not. Um, I also saw reference to something called a perfect dodge in one of the like uh, tooltip things or something. Uh, or no, it was an item. It was a ring. It was like something about perfect dodges, but. Like so, maybe that's how you get iframes. Is if you dodge like right before the attack hits you or something. Okay. I don't know. Um, but yeah, 
it's there are a lot of different enemy types, uh, and it's specific for the area you're in. I, I think there are three or four like biomes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's remnant from the ashes. It's only forty dollars. It's not a sixty dollars. Is this game. is this a, is a brand new game? Yeah, it just came out. Okay, um, I'm just. The, Never heard of it. Yeah, there was a weird thing where they were doing pre-order bonuses, and they were also doing, hey, if you pre-order it, you can play it over the weekend before it comes out, mm-hmm. um, like an early access thing, but not in early access and early play. Uh, but on PS4, you couldn't pre-order it. Okay. And so, like, you couldn't play early, and then I was like, well, do I not get the pre-order bonuses? Because I can't pre-order it, but what they did, I guess they were having some issue with Sony or something, like, couldn't figure it out. But uh, or maybe they didn't do something properly, because um, I know Sony has like a lot of very specific rules for like how far in advance you have to do certain things and how to set it up in order to make that possible. And they probably maybe they just didn't know or didn't do them properly. Um, but after it came out, they released all of the pre-order items as free DLC, so I just had to gotcha. go in and like get them that way, right? Which was fine, but. That's well, still pretty annoying, though, to like advertise bit. it as a pre-order bonus, and then you have to do extra work after the fact. Yeah, because like it, it sure worked fine. On, it worked it. fine on PC and Xbox. Yeah, uh, yeah. it was just sure it was strange. just a Sony cert problem. Yeah, it was strange. Um, but yeah, so that's that's why that's what I played. I'm sure I'll play more Remnant. Um, I don't know that I will play more Absolove. I probably won't play more Rebel Galaxy. But I can tell you, I will be playing more Resident Evil Four. <laughs> There's always Resident There's Evil. Always are you four? Well, cool. Um, Ooh, sorry, it's a lot of video game talk. Last podcast, I had started The Boys, the new Amazon series that's right. about like a sort of a sat- satirical dark take on the superhero universe. Finished that. It fucking goes places, man. I know I had kind of set up like, hey, someone explodes in the first five minutes. There's implied rape and like. Right. There's more stuff like that. Okay. Just a lot of violence, a lot of really dark shit, some really good character work. Uh, It's weird. Like, I don't like any of the characters, but they're all really compelling, uh, which I think makes for really good television. And it, 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 it toes the line really well between being what DC wanted to do with like Justice League and Batman vs. Superman, like being dark like that, while also being very satirical and self-referential and sort of poking fun at superhero worship-dumb. And that's a really, really hard thing to do. And I think the show is really successful at that. It It is weird, like, because there's only eight episodes, but each episode's like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes long-ish. Uh... The finale, there's a really weird cliffhanger that kind of feels more like an act break in the finale versus the actual end of a finale episode. Uh, Huge twist reveal that happened. Well, I should say it's like two big twists, one of which I saw coming, the other I did not, and they both happened at the same time. And, like, I'm fascinated to see where it's going to go. But there are a lot of other threads that were just left in the air, not in a cliffhanger way, but in a, like, we're not completing the story yet way. Huh. It's kind of hard to explain. It just, it, it doesn't feel, because, like, serialized television seasons typically feel like a complete package, right? right? And there are some things that arc between seasons. There are often cliffhangers that get resolved in the next season. But, like, the story of each season sort of feels complete. And it doesn't feel that way at all. It just feels like... And I think it's probably because it's based on a comic book series where the story just goes on and on and on. It doesn't ever really yeah. wrap up. 
it kind of feels a little bit like that. So I would say like the ending of it is a little unsatisfying, but I am really interested to see where it goes. Really highly recommend the show to people that are interested in the superhero stuff, a dark take on it, or even people that are getting fed up with the superhero stuff. Cause this is just a really fresh attitude about it. Uh, so yeah, really good, really good out of nowhere surprise that show oh. was. I um I mean still watching the office. I think we're like halfway through season 3 now, so we're like <laughs> this is not going to last very long and then we're right. going to have to find another show. But uh, I also finished season 4 of Venture Brothers and Smallville. Venture Brothers, I think season 4 was as far as I had ever seen because the last couple episodes I was like not really remembering having hmm. seen them. And so I think season five, I have not seen at all. So I'm, okay. I'm kind of excited to check that out and see what it's like. Smallville is getting desperate, I think. So season four ended with like them all graduating high school, and now they're like off to college. So it's transitioning the show to being more focused on Metropolis. Clark is still in Smallville, but like Chloe and Lois are both in uh, Metropolis. Lana started out in Smallville, and I'm a couple episodes in, and now she's in Metropolis. So it's like they're slowly transitioning the show to be focused on Metropolis. Okay. They're also getting really desperate in storylines and dumb. So, like, there's an episode. I actually watched both of these episodes today. One episode was about a sorority house of vampires. <laughs> and the main vampire... <laughs> actually va- real vampires? Well, it was... there. It's kind of... So, like... The main vampire chick, whose name is Buffy. <clears throat> what? Yes. She got, she fell or got stuck in this like cave full of vampire bats, which were infected by kryptonite. And they bit her and gave her a form of rabies, which gives her super strength and eternal life and makes her a cannibal. Because, you know, like rabies does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like kryptonite. Uh, so that was their justification there. Um, and then the second episode that I watched today, there's like a murder of some like young stripper chick. And so Chloe and Lois are trying to infiltrate. And so Lois ends up pretending to be a stripper and does a whole striptease routine on a pole. And it's really awkward because she's supposed to be like 20 in the show. And it's just weird and gross. And awkward and it just see it just feels desperate of like hot hot ladies stripping on the pole wow. in a CW show. So that stuff's not been my favorite. Uh I think again it's a symptom of this freak of the week mentality where eventually you run out of easy freak of the week villains, and so you take the same procedural element and expand it to different types of storylines, and the writing is not strong enough to carry that. Because a lot of these stories don't... Like, the vampire one is is an example of... That's classic Freak of the Week. It's just a bad version. Like, hey, right. it's a vampire. The, like, detective mystery story one... There isn't really a villain. But it's a whole story that can only can take place in one episode. And so it feels really rushed, really convenient. Everything is laid out exactly how you, you would need it to be. Like an episode of Law & Order. But, like, really poorly written. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. The, a lot of this has not been my favorite... Okay. But they also introduced Zod this season. And he's, like, masquerading as Clark's college professor. But uh, he's trying to, like, learn more about Lex's past and kryptonite. And 
he's like become a mentor for Clark. And I'm assuming he knows Clark is actually Superman or Kal-El. So I don't really remember where that goes, but I remember really liking his villain. So um, hopefully he can kind of carry some of that because a lot of the characters have not been uh, as prevalent anymore. Like Lionel Luther has not been in the last couple episodes. Clark's mom has not been in the last couple episodes. So the characterization, you know, has been a little off. (laughs) Also, this last episode, the one with the stripping. So John Schneider, who plays Clark's dad, he was one of the Duke boys in the Dukes of Hazard show. And in this episode, the other dude from Dukes of Hazard was a guest star. And he played Clark's dad's, like, old high school best friend. Oh, and geez. he, like, comes in, not the actual car from Dukes of Hazard, but it's the same make and model car, but it's blue instead of, like, the orange car. And he's, like, you know, peeling out in it. They're playing that, like, background music like they would play in Dukes of Hazard in all of the scenes they have together. There was a couple, like, fourth wall breaking references to that stuff. It's really painful uh, and sad. It was very bad. But, like, dumb in a way that I can get behind, but also bad. Yeah. (laughs) So. Just, like, out of ideas. Yes. So why don't we cash in on the actors we have's past experiences? And also, like... Fucking no one watching Smallville on the CW. Nobody knows shit about Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> it's just pretty stupid. Oh, also Carrie Fisher was in an episode, huh. and this was like height of Carrie Fisher's drug habit. Insane. She looked not. She looked like she was not having a good time. Yeah. Uh, in in life. Uh, so yeah, that's where Smallville is. It's not in a great place. And I'm only halfway through. <laughs> but I know the scale gets bigger when Clark goes to Metropolis, joins the Daily Planet, they introduce Doomsday, like all that stuff happens. I know, like, there's a whole, like, they bring Supergirl in. It's when Green Arrow comes on, Justin Hartley, who's awesome. I know it gets better. It's just in this, like, weird transitionary period right now that is not the best. Um, we're continuing to watch Sherlock. We just finished season two. Hounds of Baskerville episode that is in season two is probably my least favorite episode. And then closely followed by the final episode of season two, which is the big Moriarty episode where Moriarty kills himself and Sherlock pretends to kill himself. That's like way the best episode of Sherlock. So those two episodes being like right together in season two is like huge up and down. Um, that show's really good. Yeah. And then I watched some, like, real-life stuff. But let me throw it back to you. Or not real life. Like, I'm not watching home movies. But, like, reality competition shows. But I'll throw okay. it back to you first uh, for what you've been watching. Okay. Uh, the Wife and I finished uh, Sinner Season 2. So, right. Um, the only real connection that it has to Season 1 is the detective. Okay. Um, our, our little Spaceballs boy. Um, he continues to be like really awesome and weird and just like making just the most bizarre acting choices because he's <laughs> playing this bizarre character. Just, he's a, he's a fascinating character to watch. Um, so yeah, Sinner season two, it, it's totally fine and good. Um, some twists and turns. Um, and then the wife and I also started mind hunter season two. 
Yeah. We just Kelly and I, we kept, we've talked about it a couple times. Like, are we going to watch this? Yeah. And then we just don't want to because the main guy is so terrible. Uh, so far, it has relied less on the main guy. That's what We're I hope. two episodes from, in. From the trailer, but, it seemed that way. And I bet that was intentional. Yeah. Um, they have a lot more supporting actors who are kind of sharing the spotlight is what it seems like. Is there uh, more of a, a, a central storyline? Because that was another criticism I had of the first season. It was it was pretty meandering. There wasn't really a big thing tying yeah, all the events together. Yeah, it seems together. like it seems like the focus is the department this time. Okay. Um, because it's then, all like centered around one serial killer, right? Like those child murderers in Atlanta. Well, so there's we're not there yet. Got it. Uh, in the first couple episodes, like we're seeing him. A bit in some scenes yeah. and stuff, but we're not quite there yet. Okay. So, like, the stuff that's going on with the department is, like, kind of building their resource base, essentially. And then, at some point, I'm assuming that's going to kind of come to a head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we watched all of Dark Tourist. Nice. Which was really, really good and fascinating. And I can't believe the audacity... <laughs> That he has in a lot of the situations. I know. Like, swimming towards that border. Like, he's yeah. gonna, like, recording. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That fucking crazy. And I hope talking to Pablo Escobar's hitman. Yes. And, like, how many times can you possibly tell that guy you killed your girlfriend? Right. How many times can you possibly say that to his face <laughs> before he kills you too? Yeah. Um, just fascinating fascinating stuff the um the uh the nuclear fallout one uh-huh. about Chernobyl. Japan. no japan oh okay yeah that made me super uncomfortable like yes. as they're like like how high how high their meters went yes and then they're like yeah the government is telling people that they want them to move back here like it's safe it's like no but it's not you yeah. will die of cancer if you move back here don't do it but the government's like we need to get people back so it's safe the craziest one to me was when he went to that like middle eastern country i don't remember what it was but it was like that they built this like billion dollar capital city where literally there's no one there like that that is like so like post-apocalypse surreal right weirdness like that's some north korea shit yeah it's so weird yeah, there's like these giant like white marble buildings yeah. and like gold. Everything is gold on. Yeah. yeah. And there's no one there. They have these like 14 lane wide highways and nobody there's drives no on. There's no one there because yeah, it's fucking nuts. That show is fascinating. I do wish that the guy like he's interesting because he's like sarcastic and yeah. I think that uh, that brings out a lot of good TV moments, but he he feels close-minded sometimes about yeah. the stuff that he's looking into, which is the total opposite of the point of the show. Right. And that's a little frustrating. But I do think he's a really, like, engaging host for this stuff. Yeah. He just, like, he can be crazy and sensitive. Yes. At that's times. True. Yeah. Um, and, like, to me, that's not how you get information out of people. Right. Um. But I like I like it's creating tension, which I guess is entertaining in its own way. But like, I'm more interested in just like hearing what all those people have to say, and like I feel like you can 
get it out of people in a nicer way <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. than he does typically. Yes. Um, what, what else have you been watching? Uh, so we watched another half an episode of Gordon Ramsay Uncharted. Okay. And then my wife turned to me and said, I don't give a shit about this show. So we are probably <laughs> done watching Gordon Ramsay Uncharted. Yeah. It's just not that compelling. I find it, I find learning about these like hidden cooking techniques and ingredients from folks like in the really indigenous places of the world. I find that idea to be fascinating. Just the show doesn't do a great job of making it that interesting. And, right. and Gordon Ramsay, the fact that he's like doing a normal person act makes it less interesting too so uh and then our mother and her parents were in town this weekend to see my daughter and uh we needed something like in the background as we're just sitting around chatting so we watched some blue planet which is awesome yeah uh cannot get enough of those nature shows and i've been like slowly chipping away because netflix released a couple new ones and i had only ever seen the first planet earth which is absolutely incredible. That's all I've seen. But they had also made Blue Planet. They made a whole second season of Blue Planet. They made a second season of Planet Earth. And now there are the new ones on Netflix. I think there's one called just Earth. There's one called Our Planet. And I think there's another one that's about the ocean. And I want to watch all of them. So I've been trying to watch them like in chronological order. So I finished Blue Planet 1. And I'm now watching Blue Planet 2. And it's real good. Nature's crazy. David Attenborough is the best. <laughs> um, we got another episode of So You Think You Can Dance. So You Think You Can Dance. So You Think You Can Dance. Uh, so You Think You Can Dance? <laughs> so You Think You Can Dance. <laughs> uh, so we got the first two people cut, which is like a bigger bummer too, because not only is it like a really truncated season where only 10 people made it to the competition, but they're cutting two people per episode instead of just one. And I'm sure at some point they'll have to just cut one. It's just like it the whole feel, thing feels so rushed now. So the guy that got cut was absolutely the guy that should have been cut. He's the the tap dancing dude who came out on TV last season who was a huge fucking drama queen. I'm super glad he got cut because he sucked. The girl that got cut was my favorite girl going into this whole thing. She was one of the ones that made it to the last cuts last season. She actually made it on the show this season. Watching her, her first two routines on the show that were outside of her style, I was like, she's incredible. She has no chance of winning the show because she didn't have that like it factor. And that matters so much more because these are all phenomenal dancers. But she didn't have that thing that like makes you have to watch her. That like yeah. something like indefinable, you cannot teach it. She just did not have it. And sure enough, people voted her to be in the bottom. And then they ended up cutting her. Which, them cutting her was bullshit. Because the other girl that was on the bottom was the girl I mentioned last podcast. That was the worst female girl. She's the hip-hop uh, dancer. No technique. Cannot do anything outside of hip-hop. She did stuff out. She did like, I think it was a contemporary routine. Or maybe a ballroom routine. She was fucking terrible. So she was in the bottom. But they decided to keep her. I guess just because she's more interesting than this other girl. And to me, like watching the girl that I really liked. I was like, she's not going to win. Like I feel like she's going to be in the bottom. And if, if people vote her on the bottom, she has no chance. Because she's an incredible dancer. She's a better dancer than at least two of the other girls. But if people aren't able to connect with her, she has no chance. And sure enough, she was in the bottom too. And so that's when I was like, 
there's no way she's going to win because she was incredible. She absolutely crushed all of her routines. She could not have done them better. And she still ended up on the bottom because people just didn't connect with her. And that's like that, like the thing that makes these types of shows really difficult is because it's at the end of the day, it is not just about your pure talent. It is about that something that some people have and some people do not that it factor that she just doesn't have. So it was a bummer, credible dancer, but, uh, yeah, I'm now I'm like, are there going to be four more episodes left? And that's it. Cause they're cutting two people per episode. So that's frustrating. We also started a new show on Netflix called hyperdrive, which is an obstacle course show for race car drivers, which is that really fucking cool. cool idea. I recommend checking it out. We watched the first two episodes um it's primarily like drifters and it's a little annoying so like i'm a big car guy right but i'm a big car guy like gone in 60 seconds car guy give me badass cars that are just the cars i am not a fast and the furious car guy which is give me crazy japanese cars that have been souped up with knots like the the dudes from the taco bell line that type of car shit I am yeah. super not into. And this shows a little bit more on that side because it's like guys that drift and girls that drift and they do drag racing, that kind of shit versus just like really cool stunt drivers, which is more what I would be into. It's a little bit of a mix of both. It's a really cool show. It's, it is it is hurt in its construction because the obstacle course takes like anywhere between four and a half to six minutes to complete, which is really long for an obstacle course show. Yeah. And because everyone just runs it over and over and over again, it gets a little old. Like you watch one person do it and then you don't really need to see anyone else run it. Right. Because nothing is really that different. Like, oh, they he banged against the wall or, oh, he missed that turn. Like it's not, it's not like Ninja Warrior or something where there are huge failures. Like, it, that stuff isn't really happening. But the vibe of the show is cool. It's an interesting... Again, I go back to, like, I like shows that are about talented people doing cool shit I can't do. And this show at least has that. The wrapping of, like, neon-painted cars and flashing lights, I'm not as into. But at the core of it, it's, like, really good drivers driving really good. And that part of it's cool. And then finally, I, I wasn't able to watch Harry Potter... This Saturday, because uh, family was in town. But last Saturday, watched myself some Order of the Phoenix. Um, it's interesting because it's a really frustrating movie to watch because of Umbridge. It's yeah. like, like I don't know how to feel. And the book is the same way. I don't know how to feel about it. Because the ability to write a villain that is so frustrating is incredible. But her being so frustrating makes me enjoy the story less right. <laughs> because she's so frustrating. So it's like this dichotomous thing. Uh, it does also suck because it's the longest book and the shortest movie. So they cut out a lot of the really good stuff. Um, but that Dumbledore-Voldemort fight in the ministry at the end of the movie is fucking incredible. Yeah. That's something that really annoyed me in the books. And it's not the movie's fault because it didn't exist in the books. There wasn't enough legit fucking magic shit fucking magic fights bro there was not enough of that in the harry potter stuff i loved in the sixth movie in the sixth book in the seventh book all the like ancient magic like where they they go to the the cave by the sea and there's all these hidden like all that is so fucking cool too but wizard on wizard dueling 
The books needed more of that. And so to see Voldemort and Dumbledore, the two most powerful wizards ever, they perfectly captured that shit that was in my mind of just like, oh my god, so much magic is happening. Right. Love that scene. Which um, which Harry Potter movie is your favorite? Have we movie? talked about this? Oh, um, probably Azkaban. Okay. Because I mean, it has, you like the it, offbeat. Yeah, it has the most personality of any of the movies. Yes, it's definitely the funniest. It's de- I think it's like the Black Sheep because it's so different than all right. the other ones. But I do really like it as well. Yeah. To me, the sixth one is my favorite. I just think it has the best combination of like story. It's really good acting, you know, a lot of great moments, and like learning about the history of all the stuff and Voldemort yeah. and all that kind of that kind of crap. Yeah, six um, is. Really it's also good. one of my favorite books in the series, which helps. Um, so yeah, I actually looked back at my book ratings or rankings and my movie rankings on shadeseverything.com because I forgot. Like I was like, I don't remember because it's been a couple of years since I wrote them, and to go back and read my feelings on the movies having just rewatched them and i'm like yeah all this stuff definitely is how i still feel about it yeah i watched jurassic world fallen kingdom that movie's um not not awesome it's a piece of garbage yes the movie is terrible all right so you you had previously talked about that line that the little girl says after she pushes the button and lets all the dinosaurs yeah. go yeah my takeaway from the movie is this it's a single image. It's mm-hmm. fleeting. Barely could barely even notice it. It's in the background of one of the shots. Dinosaur eggs with QR codes on them. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? The dinosaur eggs have QR codes on them, Shay. <laughs> like you can buy them at a Kroger's. <laughs> Like, are these scientists fucking scanning them <laughs> with an app on their phone? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why that's so much worse than a barcode, but it just is. Sure, it's so much worse and so much dumber it's than the technology a of the future, bro. QR codes. Everyone uses QR codes. Don't you use them all the time? Man, I was driving around the other day, and I saw a truck that had a QR code on the back. And I was like, this is what we're doing? (laughs) You are going to endanger someone's life while they're driving (laughs) so they can scan your stupid fucking (laughs) QR code. What was it for? Was it for like a write my driving or was it like a get a 20% off coupon? I don't know, man. I I'm not sure remember. which one's worse, to be honest. They're both bad. <laughs> Rate my driving by endangering your own. Yeah, exactly. Oy vey. Are you super psyched dude. for Jurassic World 3? World, world of, of, world of dinosaurs? World. <laughs> Dino world. <laughs> Uh, I would laugh. World War Dino. I kind of want the ending of that movie to be the ending, like for them to not make another one. Leaves it so much more open to interpretation. Like, are the dinosaurs going to take over the world? Are they going to integrate with our society? Are we going to have dino babies in classes with our children? Are they going to be half human, half dinos? Yeah. Are people going to start identifying as dinosaurs? Are people going to be racist against 
half dino, half human babies, they're going to start calling them scalebacks. I mean, well, that's a yes. 100%. 100%. Scalebacks yes. is probably a more clever insult than people would come up with, though, Yeah, honestly. probably. It's stupid. Uh, uh, oh, dino <laughs> person. It's Adam and Eve, not Dino and Steve. It's Adam and Eve, <laughs> not Dino and Steve. <laughs> uh. On that note, Let's move into news. So there, now I'm not misspeaking. Because we are actually going to move into news. Right. Uh, So this story is a huge bummer. Uh, I get most of the news from Game Informer. And I collect it other places. I see some stuff on Facebook, IGN, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of the the actual articles I link in the show notes come from Game Informer. That is the only gaming news outlet that I have an app on my phone for. The icon. I click it. Because I don't go to social media anymore. So right. what do I do on my phone? I check the weather. I check my email. I check my bank accounts. And I look at Game Informer. Yes. That's all uh, I do on my phone. There, unfortunately, were some layoffs at Game Informer. And this comes down from GameStop, who owns Game Informer. They laid off 14% of the GameStop workforce, like 120 people. Seven of whom work at Game Informer. Which... For reference, is 18% of Game Informer's workforce. It's a bummer. It sucks. Uh, layoffs happen. It, they're never like a positive thing. But yeah. this like is most relevant on the podcast because this is yet another nail in the coffin of GameStop. And unfortunately, as most people would predict, it's going to also end with Game Informer being shut down unless they somehow get independence or someone else tries to pick them up. Because at the end of the day, like I know their digital traffic is not as high as a lot of other outlets because they've commented on that before. And they make a magazine. People don't buy magazines. That's why Game Informer threw it in for free as part of their you know, discount pro member club thing. It sucks. I like getting the Game Informer magazine because it's a fun thing to read. I still like that physical media. Yeah. Um, well, and like the idea yeah. of like... Having them compile all of the information for you, and like there's like this ten page spread with these high pixel count pictures, great color, great printing. Like there's something to be said about having a magazine, and it was cool that they were still doing it. Like it felt yes. like they felt like the last cowboys. Like they they were still out there gunslinging, but the yes. law, the f- the federal marshals have moved in. The digital marshals have moved in, but the Game Informer gunslingers are making their last stand. Yes. The seven samurai of video game journalism, basically. Yeah. So, it's a bummer. It's sad. <sighs> Never see want to, pe- want to see people out of work. Hopefully, folks land on their feet, because there are a lot of talented people that were working over there. Yeah. Uh, okay. I kind of collected a bunch of small announcements into one, just because we don't need to spend a bunch of time on on these. But I got a bunch of new release dates for games that have been announced. So Need for Speed Heat was announced with an October 8 release date, which is the same day as Death Stranding. Neither you nor I give a shit about Need for Speed Heat. Nope. Ukulele in the Impossible Lair. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yes. What if Need for Speed Heat is an anagram... For Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> and it's secretly also a strand game. 
<laughs> I did not include this in the news because who gives a shit? But apparently there was gameplay shown where something in Death Stranding you play as Norman Reedus peeing. Yeah, yeah, you can pee. Uh, I should awesome. say you can pee. You have to pee. Great. That's can, what I'm looking for. You can't see his in a video though. game. You cannot that, what confirm. A sh- what cannot see Norman penis. <laughs> what a shame. Cool. Oy. So, Ukulele and the Impossible Air follow up to Ukulele, which I found to be one of the most disappointing games of 2017 because I was really hyped for it. 3D platformers don't need to be dead, but if this is what modern 3D platformers will be, maybe they should be dead. But Ukulele and the Impossible Lair is a 2D platformer where they got some like top-down 3D stuff thrown in as well. It is coming in October. No specific release date, which obviously leaves the page open for it to be delayed. But uh, I'm pretty jazzed about this. I liked a lot of elements of Ukulele. I just didn't think the execution was maybe there and maybe like... Just that system of retro 3D platformers doesn't really work anymore without nostalgia attached to it like the Spyro games. Um, but from a 2D platformer perspective, that can still be done very well. And this it looks cool. I, I'm excited for it. The Final Fantasy uh, VIII Remaster is coming out September 3rd. Are That's you psyched that. about this? I don't know. Like, I'm not I know you like Final it. Fantasy VIII. I don't know if I'm going to get it or not. It's been so long since I played eight. Yeah. I just remember the magic system being weird. Like, there were, like, cards and stuff, and you could fight a T-Rex. If I had the same amount of time to play games that I used to have, I would 100% check this out. I have not played Final Fantasy VIII since it first came out. I didn't like it. It's not a terrible game, but I didn't like it. And I'd be, like, willing to give it another shot. But there's 0% chance I'm going to play this. (laughs) Like, am I going to play a remaster of a game I didn't like the first time when I only have two hours a week to play a video game? Uh, Right. No thank you. Uh, I do have the gunblade though. That the is ref- true. A replica of the gunblade. It's pretty. So dope. maybe you also have the buster. In- maybe instead of picking this up, I could just Naruto run down the street <laughs> with the gunblade. Please don't do that. Not in the <laughs> world today. I'm way too fat to do that, Shay. Ugh. Uh, yeah, you can't run anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't uh, move my arms behind my back. <laughs> also true. Also true. You need to stretch for a couple hours first. Yeah. Journey to the Savage Planet, which is a game I've had my eye on. It's kind of yeah. like a, an adventure gamey, jokey sort of take on space travel stuff. Uh, it's been delayed a couple of times. It's now coming out January 28th of 2020 on P- uh, PS4 and PC and I think maybe Xbox. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty psyched about that one. And then Telling Lies from the creator of Her Story is out now. came out on August 23rd, which is pretty dope. I am 100% going to play this, and I know I'm going to play it because my wife is interested in watching me play it, which is going to make it way easier to play it (laughs) because we can both do it (laughs) instead of like, can I get some alone time to play a video game if she's going to do it with me? It's on PC only, which is a bummer for someone like me that playing PC games is always harder. But uh, yeah, her story was great. If you haven't played it, check it out. This looks also great. Insomniac. Hold on. Quick, quick. Hit me, hit me. Uh, Control comes out August 27th, and Man of Medan is the August 30th release. So Tuesday, Friday release this week. Don't miss out on Control and then Man of Medan. If you liked uh, Until Dawn, yes. the horror game, that's Man of Medan is made by them, and then Control is made by the Alan Wake folks. Yes. Or no, 
yeah, Remedy. Yes. Alan yeah. Wake, Alan Quantum Wake Break. Quantum, Quantum Break, yeah. And another one. What else did they make? Something else. I don't remember. There was yeah, there's another one in there. But uh, uh Man, yes. Man of Madon is another game I know I'm going to play cuz Kelly will also want to watch me play that one. <laughs> I like saying Man of Madan. Man of Madan. Is that how it's pronounced? Madan? I have no idea. I think it's but Madan. I just Man like Madan. saying Madan. Man of Madan sounds dumb, so I'm going to assume that is not how it's pronounced. <laughs> Y'all ever heard that story about the Man of Madan? <laughs> what, what, what's the, how does that song go, though? The, like, uh, whoa, Black Betty, Bam Madan, whoa, Black Betty, Man of Madan. Whoa, Black Betty, Man of Madan. <laughs> okay, oh, that's going to have to be okay. the name of the podcast episode. Uh, Whoa, Black Betty, Man of a Dan. <laughs> okay, this is actually a big Ooh. news story, which most people didn't realize was actually a news story because they thought this already happened. Insomniac right. is now a part of Sony Worldwide Studios. They are now a first-party developer. They never were. They were always second-party. They did all the Ratchet and Clank games. Uh, they had a big partnership with Sony, but then they struck out on their own to make Fuse. It didn't work. So nope. they came back to Sony to make more Ratchet and Clank. Then they went on their own to make Sunset Overdrive with Microsoft, which was kind of mixed. And then they came back to Sony to make the Ratchet and Clank game based on the movie. And then they also made, obviously, 2018 Spider-Man. Sony has now acquired them. This is huge news. Because Insomniac is a phenomenally talented studio, and it certainly locks them up for a Spider-Man sequel, which was going to happen anyway, and for another Ratchet and Clank game, I'm sure. It probably means we will never see another Sunset Overdrive. I have to imagine that Microsoft owns the IP rights to that game, yeah. um, based on their publishing agreement. Uh, I saw some speculation that maybe they could go back to the Resistance franchise. I'd be Insomniac down for a Resistance, Resistance reboot. I don't know. I would, I, I would absolutely be down for it. There, there were enough interesting story elements around it. There certainly were, but I don't know that we need a reboot for that. Like we, that game happened. Like I don't know that just because it had a good idea means we need to see a reboot. This goes back to our conversation from last podcast about reboots. Like, but may, like it's been left alone too long. I feel like making a new Resistance game. Also, I'm not suggesting spe- you make a new Resistance game either. Ugh, like why can't game. this? Why can't it just exist? And then it, that's that's it. It exists. That's what it is. Because I would like more of it. I would like to play more Resistance. Or e- all right, wha- even even if they want to just remaster one, two, and three, and put them out as like a bundle or something. I would like, love what, to play that. What is it that you want them to recapture? Is it the like the story of aliens invading during World War Two? Like is that or is yeah. it like the cool guns or the characters? It, yeah, like the cool guns. Because um, the cool guns they've done in everything. Right, yeah, but, like, they, they had really neat weapons that were, like, uh, high-tech modified versions of World War II weaponry, which I'm very passionate about. I have a soft spot for World War II weaponry. And, like, the setting of, you know, like, the landmarky American landscape that has been, you know, bombed out and taken over and modified by the aliens. I feel like they could probably do a better job of making that. Uh, now they could also, I mean, I don't know that I would want them to, cause it always had kind of like this, not a jokey vibe to it. Like it kind of took itself a little seriously. Sometimes it was kind of mm-hmm. like a halo vibe to it almost where it was, it could be self-serious, but there was also like a goofiness about it too. Like I never the felt art style goofiness. and you never felt that. No. 
I don't know. Maybe like, maybe because, just like, in the concept. The, the technology and the weaponry was so like far beyond yes. anything and like the art style was cartoony and it just felt I guess. it was on the lighter end of the darker spectrum. Um and I kind of enjoyed that the kind of imbalance that occurred because of that. And also I really loved the co op on it. Like yes. how you would pick the different classes and uh you would level them up and like Gaining new gear and stuff. That was a lot of fun. I guess it's more from... Because, like, if it's purely on the concept of the aliens invading during World War II story, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. And for, like, if that is going to be revisited or rebooted, fine. But if it's, like, more the mechanic stuff, why not just take those good ideas and put them in a different game? Like, like why does it I, need I to want, be resistance? I want, all that, of, I want all of... I want bits of all of that. I guess. I don't know. I also just I found the first game to be decent for being a PS3 launch game. I didn't particularly like Resistance Two or Three, so maybe that's the difference. Is I don't think that those games are all that. Yeah, I all, didn't. I, I don't, don't think care for all that. Three as much, but it was also like that uh, the the shooter heyday where you had like four types of grenades. Sure. And Resistance had some good fucking grenades. It had the incendiary grenades, regular grenades. Yeah. It had the spike ball. That was that was the fucking dopest grenade. That spike ball was awesome. Insomniac always makes awesome weapons. Even the gadgets in Spider-Man were really cool. Like a lot of really inventive ideas. I would just like to see them like spread their wings a little bit and do something new. Sure. Because you know they're going to make another three to four Spider-Man games in the next twelve years. You know they're going to go back to Ratchet and Clank at some point. I really hope so. You know, I don't know if they're already a two studio or a two game studio or how that breaks down because they they had also done some VR stuff. They had done a couple little smaller indie style self published right. games. So uh, presumably, like if they are working on multiple games at once at the studio, like they could certainly have a team that's focused on PSVR. They could certainly have a team focused on the next Spider Man, and they could certainly have a team focused on if it's another Ratchet and Clank or if it's something new, if it's something smaller. That can all still happen. It's just all going to be in the Sony ecosystem. That's right. what I'm looking for. Because obviously they're going to make more Spider-Man. I would rather see if it's a different side project to be something new than going back to the Resistance well. Or yeah. even the, like, let's come up with a bunch of creative weapons wheel. Like, do something a little bit different. Yeah. And I guess if, if they were to go back and revisit Resistance, it doesn't have to be a reboot. It could be, you know, in another location during the events of um, the original trilogy. Yeah. Like, focusing on different characters and stuff. Cause they, I mean, like, they made a game for Congregate that like GameStop owned publishing yeah. thing that was, I think it's like all Flash games maybe, yeah, which was decent. And then they also made Song of the Deep, which I was kind of mixed, but it looked really cool. It was like super indie self published game that was right. like, it was like a side scroller submarine game that had a bunch of musical elements tied into it. Yeah, like they've done, they've they've tried to spread their wings in creativity in a lot of different ways, and I would hate to see that go away because. Now they are making Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank, and like another shooter. You know what I mean? I, I hope they get to do a little bit more creative stuff because they're certainly a talented studio. Yeah, it would make sense if they were to pump out kind of more independent level stuff alongside their larger kind of tentpole releases. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, so here's a weird one. <laughs> okay, so I got got to set the stage. So Ninja recently announced that he was moving from Twitch to Mixer, which is Microsoft's streaming service. We didn't cover this because none of us give a fuck about Fortnite or Twitch streamers. But it was big news. 
obviously, because he's the biggest streamer there is. He's the PewDiePie of Twitch, and he had 14.5 million subscribers on his Twitch. That's a lot. And now he's gone from Twitch. Moved to Mixer. On his Twitch account, Twitch was running ads and promotions for other stream channels. Cause like, so like he wasn't streaming on Twitch. He was inactive and they, they would make his account active and they would be running other streamers content on his Twitch. Like not typically if, if you're right. not active on Twitch, people can access your like videos on demand or whatever. Not the case with Ninja. They had not done that with anyone else. Only Ninja that already felt shady and pretty petty of them to do that when he like because he'd been trying to shut that channel down and they were not shutting it down and instead doing this. Well, one of the streamers that they promoted on Ninja's channel was streaming hardcore pornography, and so people that went to 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 Ninja's Twitch stream saw hardcore pornography. Guess who the majority of Ninja's viewing audience is? Kids. Kids that need to see some porn. So that's pretty fucked. Yep. Uh, so Ninja was obviously, understandably, very upset. Because it's not just like the percentage of people that think Twitter or Ninja was streaming that. Because I'm sure a lot of uneducated parents found that and were like, who the fuck is this guy? He's streaming pornography, even though it wasn't his fault. Plus, just the idea that his brand is associated now without his permission, to other Twitch streamers, period. Like, he didn't choose what streamers would be promoted. Twitch was. That's already not okay. And now it feels like he is promoting this streamer that was streaming pornography. So obviously Twitch struck... Like, they shut that shit down. Twitch... Or, uh, Ninja's stream is not running the stuff anymore. They banned the channel that was streaming hardcore porn. They apologized to Ninja. But it's still... And, like, they basically said, like... We're going to stop promoting other streamers on Ninja's channel for now. And it's like, dude, fuck off, Twitch. Like, stop being the jealous ex-girlfriend. Let it go already. Let him shut his channel down. And this is, again, coming from someone that doesn't give a shit about Ninja. And in fact, thinks... I'm not going to say that he's a bad person. He had made some comments that were, like, kind of sexist about he doesn't like to stream with female streamers because of all the hate and negativity that comes along with that. Which, like... I get that, but it's also a shitty perspective when you're the most famous Twitch streamer and you could be doing a lot to raise awareness about how shitty people are to female streamers and promote good female streamers and be anti-female streamers that just have tits on screen at all times. Like, there's a lot better takes that he could have than, I just avoid all the drama. A lot of people think he's like, he's a garbage human being. He deserves what he gets because of that comment, which is fucking ridiculous, which is another thing. That we'll get to in the hate of the week because it's a core problem of this. But uh, yeah, even as someone that doesn't care about Fortnite, doesn't care about Ninja, doesn't care about Twitch streamers, this is really shitty of Twitch to do this in so many, a variety of ways. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I guess like um, the idea of them using inactive accounts as a way to promote other streams it just feels it feels kind of lazy like they didn't have a better they don't have a better way of pushing different streams at you so they have to like cash in on like someone else's hard work you know what i mean right it's just really shitty uh and then yeah like their response to it has been also shitty very lame and like in, in a way that like 
do you not realize how many people like this guy? Right. And do you not realize how fickle people are and right. how, like, there are going to be people who will no longer use Twitch because of your response to this? Like, well, the should, bigger like, thing is there are going to be a been lot of kissing ass. There are going to be like, a lot of parents who are going to not let their kids watch Ninja anymore because they see that this happened and are not going to take the two minutes of research to see the real story and instead are going to have a knee-jerk reaction that, oh my gosh, Ninja was streaming porn that my kid saw. Yeah, maybe. Ninja has a huge argument to sue Twitch. One, for like defamation of character, for like that brand association that and like them breaking their... Um, user agreements and promoting stuff on his channel, which they had never done for anyone else as well as lost revenue. Like he has a legitimate case, which I am sure his legal counsel is advising him on to sue Twitch for this. And he seems very in the right to do that. It's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, in more news about people being shitty just in general, um, apex legends, Again, something that doesn't come up on the podcast very much because I know you had played it, but none of us really give a shit about loot or these like. What are what are uh, uh, what's what's the genre? Battle called? Royale. Battle Royale. I didn't even yeah. remember the name of the genre because I don't care. Took enough. me a second too. <laughs> uh, okay, so Apex Legends. They have cosmetic items that you can buy for real money or in-game currency. They had a big event in-game that had cosmetic items that you could only get through loot boxes, and some people did the math. And figured out that to get everything, it would take a minimum of $200. That's nuts. People were understandably upset about this. And so Respawn came back and apologized. And were like, hey, we weren't thinking about it that way. So they also put all those cosmetics into the regular store. Which can be purchased just straight up for real money or for in-game currency. That should have been the end of the story, right? No! Vince Pella, a couple months, was on a... And he's, he runs Respawn. He's one of the co-creators of Modern Warfare, or Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, used to work at Infinity Ward. He was on CSN, CNN Business, and he was... They, you know, they were asking him about loot boxes, and he said, hey, it's a great way... Or, it's great that a lot of players enjoy free-to-play games for free, but at the end of the day, like, we need to be able to make money on this. Loot boxes are one way to monetize a game that are completely optional, cosmetic only, but for our heaviest players that want to invest more time, more money, this is a good way for them to do this. Seems reasonable. I'm not a big loot box person, but like them being cosmetic only, if they are displaying the the odds, like we talked about last podcast, zero problem with it. Because you can 100% completely ignore it and it does not hurt, hurt your enjoyment of the game whatsoever. Gamers decided to be shitty, shocker, on Reddit, and were, you know, starting a flame war. They got in arguments with the developers at Respawn, who also ended up being shitty, which also sucks. Uh, The Respawn folks called a lot of their their players freeloaders and asshats, which, side note, asshat is one of my favorite insults. Yeah. It is hilarious. Love that. Uh, And then... (laughs) Some gamer, hashtag gamer, replied with this. So, hold on. Yeah, real go quick. ahead. Before you read this message, uh-huh. I will say, so like the narrative out there is what Respawn called people. 
Yes. Not what people call respawn. That's yes. not part of the fucking conversation. Yes. Which we'll talk about that fucking uh, double standard in a minute. But you can go yes. ahead and read this this open message to the people of respawn. Right. So Super Elite Gamer, who I'm willing to bet hasn't spent any money on Apex Legends, hmm. uh, posted this. You committed the ultimate cardinal sin. You got personal. You, as a team of professionals trying to make money, got personal. You got personal and decided to insult your player base, calling us asshats. Editor's note, LOL, asshats. <laughs> and freeloaders. Not a wise move. We won't forget this. Ooh. You've set a new tone for the kind of interaction we'll be having with you. It's a cold one. Ooh. One where there aren't any illusions about the reality of the situation. Previous notions of family are dead. We are mere consumers to you, and that is obvious. Oh, You have chosen to bring in a new era of hostility and bitterness. Well done. Great PR move. Okay. <laughs> My favorite part of this is you as a team of professionals trying to make money got personal. First of all, yes, they are a team of professionals trying to make money. They are fucking business. That is their job. It is not to give you shit for free. You freeloading asshats. <laughs> Second of all, to imply that they are in the wrong for getting personal when you freeloading asshats were sending death threats, insulting people's families online, starting a flame war on Reddit about how they don't care about their player base anymore because of this. You fucking got personal first, you freeloading asshats. And like... Let's pull the veil back a little bit. This is a team of fucking people that work day in and day out to bring you content and balance your game for fucking free! Yes. You don't pay shit! There... So, Vince Pella, after this happened, Vince Pella issued an apology saying... Hey, I stand behind my employees' rights to defend themselves from hate speech, from threats to their families, but they should not have made these types of comments, blah, blah, blah. I personally think that he could have done a better job of, like, equalizing instead of just apologizing. Um, and this is, you know, as another teaser for Hate of the Week, this is a case where there is no longer a middle ground here. You are either on the defense of the gamers and their pitchforking, or you are on the defense of the developers and them fighting for their rights against the tyranny of the pitchfork-wielding gamers. Whereas I, as a rational human being, am somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Where, like, yes, should they be allowed to defend themselves and not put up with shitty people online? 100%. But does that mean they need to drop to the level of these children online and call them names as well when they are representatives of a business and of other people they work with they should 100% not do that they need to be yeah, the adults in this situation but i feel like first step is everyone treats everyone as people totally correct that's step one but that to me and, and that is starts not... with the community but because that to me is nobody oh. from respawn is initiating conversations like in a mean way they initiate conversations professionally it's people responding and people getting personal and insulting them and threatening them that makes them come out back at them to defend themselves there's zero problem with that shay and i i refuse to listen like i get i get it 
it's a business. They have to make money. They need good PR, blah, blah, blah. My whole thing is fuck PR. Like, treat people as fucking people. I'm so over it. I'm over any kind of rationale that lets people be shitty to each other. I'm done with it. That is not what I am. If you are... I know. I know. And give me a second. That's not what I'm advocating. I know. If you are... You, general you, not talking to you, Shay, or you specifically, listener, but if you as a human being are shitty to someone else, you deserve everything that happens to you. Because that's you where, invite it. That is, where I, that is where I disagree. Deserve, maybe. Like, do, do they deserve to be called out and to be treated the same way they treat others? Maybe. Yes. But that's not, that is not the argument. If, if you're at the, at the end of the day, what you are saying is we need to get to a world where people stop being shitty to each other. Yeah. How do you imagine we get to that world when I am shitty to you and then you are shitty to me and then I'm shitty to you and then you are shitty to me and then I'm shitty to you? How are we ever going to get to a place where people stop being shitty to each other unless someone decides to stop being shitty to each other? That's what I am saying. I'm not saying that the developers didn't have a right to stand up for themselves and not even stand up for themselves. At the end of the day, like they sunk to their level. They called them names. They did not say, Hey, we're not going to put up with this anymore. They did not do it in a professional manner. That's like, even besides the point, like they unfortunately were put in the position where they needed to be the adults because the gamers were not being adults. We will never get to this idealized world where people are nice to each other until someone decides to take it on the other cheek, as the saying goes. Because if you only fight anger with more anger, it's a cycle. It's just going to continue to perpetuate more and more anger, more and more people being shitty. 100% agree that people should be able to stand up for themselves. The manner in which they do that is what matters. And there is a way for these developers to do that that didn't perpetuate people being shitty. That is where that middle ground is being lost. Because that's my point. Is like, you're you're on the side of the developers here in that, hell yeah, they should fucking send death threats to these people. I, I know that's an exaggeration. No, no I, that's but, not but what but I'm you, saying. But, but, but you know what I mean. Like, fight yeah. fire with fire. Like, that, that is the side that, that you are on. And that's what I'm saying is part of the problem. And by fight fire with fire, I mean someone is shitty to you. So you have the right to tell them that they are being a bad person but that is not by what being happens. shitty to you. No, that isn't not entirely. But there's also the added layer of those people were being shitty to them and they made it personal. Like, this is, the, this is their jobs day in and day out. So, like, what do you fucking expect? Right. And I am not saying that the developers at Respawn were in the wrong. I am saying that everyone involved was in the wrong. That's what I am saying. The gamer should not have started this problem but also the developers did not react to the problem the way they should have reacted. Sure. I would say the gamers started the problem first. Well, obviously. They, they were in the wrong first. Sure. And I think at the point where it originates is the most crucial point to attack. Yeah, but but that like attacking that problem doesn't prevent you from also attacking the second problem. Like it's not like we can only choose one. Yeah. It it to me it's part of a larger symptomatic issue of Exactly what we've been talking about. Like, you're bad to me, which means I need to be bad to you back. That's what is happening. And that's not what needs to happen. And that's not how we fix this problem. It is it is so much harder to take the high road. That's why it's called the high road. 
Well, right. But that's what and, well, and, someone, someone needs to take the high road. And people do. But I th- also think that it's unfair to expect people to have to take the high road just because they have a fucking job. Um, when, one, provo- when provoked, I think people should be allowed to react in a human way. One, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's fair. It, it is not fair. But that doesn't, you know... What is like the most age-old adage about life is that it is not fair. I'm not saying that it is fair, but it is reality. Someone has to be able to do it. And two, I do think they have a responsibility as representatives for their company to represent the company. That That's how the world works. Individuals have different rights than companies do. And but that's, people that's what that I'm saying re- is like we need to recognize – we need to do a better job, public consciousness-wise, of recognizing that when you're talking to someone, you're talking to a person, not the entity for which they are employed. Total, totally agree. And I think you can take those things separately in any circumstance. Yes, totally agree. But in this specific circumstance, part of the reason this became so bad is because these were respawn employees replying. If this had been a different gamer replying to this person, would not have been an issue. But it's that, because they but are like, representing the company. That's part of my problem, is that we're drawing a distinction. There is no distinction. Another there is. gamer? Yes, there no, is. No, another gamer is a person, just like an employee of Respawn is a person. But that has nothing to do with it. Being a person has nothing to do with it. You are a representative of... You are. If you are speaking on behalf of a company, you are speaking on behalf of all the people that work at that company. That's but the way the world works. But they're not speaking on behalf of the yes, company. Yes, they are. They, they didn't yes, say, they are. on behalf of Respawn, I feel this. It's they're implied. talking as themselves, Shay. But, but they cannot. It, that, that is impossible. And that's it, not it, okay. I think the but, fact that they cannot is not okay. No. Well, okay. I, I fundamentally disagree because that's how it works. Like, But that doesn't mean that that's okay. Just because that's how it works doesn't mean that's okay. That's how it has to work. No. Yes. Why? Because a company does not have a voice. A company's voice is made up of the people that represent the company. And when you speak on behalf of a company... You are speaking, you are voicing for everyone else at that company that is not voicing. That's how that works. But we're That's in an why age, people we're that in an are, age now where everybody has a voice. As an individual. But this is not what is happening. Like, okay, so say the dude that posted this, like, we won't forget this bullshit Reddit thing. So he's a construction worker, right? He works for Acme Corp. But he's not talking about anything that has anything to do with Acme Corp. So he's an individual. If a person that worked at Respawn went on Reddit and was shitting all over Acme Corp because they poured fucking concrete on my front porch and they shouldn't have, and this fucking dude who works at Acme Corp came out and said, fuck you, freeloading, we're pouring concrete because we're trying to help you, that guy would be also in the wrong because he is representing Acme Corp in that circumstance. Because no. they're talking about Acme Corp. This, yes, 100% it's, yes. It's his personal opinion and his frustration that he's expressing. No. Not but, the but companies. That, but that is what I am saying. That is impossible. You can idealize and say it as much as you want, but that, that cannot and nor should not happen. Like... I work for a company. If I say anything about the company that I work at, I am representative of that company. If I interact with people that purchase the product my company sells, I am representing my company. And my company is with 100% of its rights 
to disagree with and take action against me if I say something against my company. That's how business works. You can you can like not like it, but there is not another solution to that. But no nobody at Respawn is saying anything against their company. They're trying They're saying they're, something they're against defending, their consumers, but they're they're defending themselves. And also no, they were not just defending themselves. They were attacking their consumers. Okay, that's uh, not I, the yeah, same. They were not def- they were reacting. They were reacting to provocation. Right. They were not they were not saying anything bad about respawn, so I don't see but they're still attack. They're attacking that businesses. They're attacking their own businesses, consumers. That's the. It's the same thing as disparaging their company, because by disparaging their consumers, they are just they are disparaging their company. Like, do you think everyone at Respawn believes what these people said or would use the same language these people said? Fucking but no. why? But why would I? Why would I? Why would I assume that just because someone from Respawn says something that everyone at Respawn feels that way? Why would I assume that? Be, be, but that's what I'm saying. It is inherent. If you are talking about the business in which you work, it is it is an implication of representation of the company. Whether, like That's what I don't get. Like I don't understand the mindset of just because one person is expressing their opinions that everyone that works for that corporation must also express those opinions. I can always separate the individual from the entity, like the corporate entity, like the difference being like if the head of a company comes out and makes an official statement, then that's something they have all discussed together as a group and come forward with. That's gone through proofs and stuff. Yeah, but I can you can't. take that as no. I can take that as like most people agreeing with it, but still probably some no, people not agreeing with not it. Not at all. See, in that that's that's like total falsehood. Do you think that the people working nine to five have fucking anything to say about what the CEO says on behalf of their company? I that's not that's not what I meant. I meant the the people at high level decision makers I would assume that if the company makes a statement, those high-level decision-makers were all at least discussed with it. And so you can assume a majority of them. And that is 100% a false assumption that you are making. It could be. There are tons of instances of high-powered business executives coming out and saying things and then getting fired for saying them because those things they said are not representative of the company. That's and what that could I, be true. That, but that's the, that's the core point of what I am making. When you make a statement on behalf of your company, it is on behalf of your company. And these people are represent Whether they want to or not, that, that has nothing to do with this. At the end of the day, they are talking about their product to their consumers and are therefore representatives of their business. There is zero way to get around that. And they need to know that. And again, like to tie this all together, I am 100% not saying that these people were in the wrong for being frustrated and for trying to defend themselves or even that I blame them for lashing out. All I am saying is that they should, or they can expect, and should expect repercussions for that. 
Should the people that initiated the attack also get in trouble for this? Totally. But they are not representing their business in a way that they would. Like, in a perfect world, does Acme Co. look at this and say, you're kind of a piece of shit, employee. We're going to fire you. Totally. But, like, there's not really any means of doing that unless he's, like, being actively, like, racist or, like, you know, physically threatening someone. That's a different circumstance. Just being, like, kind of a tool on the internet is not really grounds for firing. Like, in a perfect world, if it worked that way, totally. That would definitely stop people from being shitty to each other on the internet. But that's not the way it works, and that is never the way it will work. I love you, brother. I I absolutely I, understand and respect the perspective that you have, but I think this is a case of you idealizing something that cannot happen. And therefore it is not like it isn't just like we'll never get there as a society. Like it literally can't happen because the way words work and the way that relationships work and the way that business works. We, it will never happen in a way that if someone is talking about their business or talking about the consumers of their business, that people will be able to treat them as an individual disassociated from that business. That will never happen. I do it all the time. Like anytime someone says something negative about a business, I also think there's an underlying thought process of man, I bet there are some people there that are really working their asses off. Yeah, but I think that you doing that is often, like, a falsehood. You're make, you're, you are making assumptions. And those assumptions may or may not be true. But at the end of the day, like, you are making an assumption just the same way that other people make assumptions. It could be, but my assumptions don't lead me to hate speech or death threats. That's totally fine. And so like, I would again, rather my assumptions, that seems healthier than the alternative, right? That's totally fine. And like we're getting hyperbolic here because yeah, that's the way yeah. these things go. But like there is a there is there is a, a several stages before death threats <laughs> like yeah. that we're talking about here. And and again, like I definitely get your perspective and why you feel that way. I I think and I don't mean this as an insult. Like I think it's a it's a naive perspective. I just don't think that the world can or that it should operate that way. I think people should take on responsibility when they are representing their business. I think that is an important thing. And I think would lead to this, what we're talking about here, fighting fire with fire mentality. Like if they if they had replied in a professional way or like took a beat and not lashed out with emotion, I think that this issue would have been avoided and the narrative would have only been Look at all these shitty people being shitty to the respawn employees. There wouldn't have been an opportunity for it to be like, look at the respawn employees being shitty to their consumers. Maybe the real fix is that any sort of instant communication or social media or anything like that um, goes away and we're all forced to think before we speak again. <laughs> right. Think before every, we respond. We're back every to letters tweet, and emails. Tweet, every tweet you have to approve it 24 hours later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like we're that way it's never with things down, but we'll all right. be a lot happier. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Like, we we don't have idea. time. We don't have time. To, we don't take the time. We have time. We don't take the time to process anymore. 
totally totally it's just reactionary boom 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 yes and like you we don't stop long enough to ever fully process a situation before we're on to the next thing that's upsetting yeah um and so it's all bad no not 90 percent bad let's move on that was a really good discussion i thought i enjoyed that i apologize to anybody uh who was made uncomfortable by our arguments um, why why would they be uncomfortable well just like you and i like i got into it i was very but, but, frustrated but here's the thing here's the thing though one i don't think our arguments ever devolve into personal attacks no because we're brothers and we have respect for each other right. but that's also the second part is we have respect for each other's opinions i i disagree with your perspective on this just like you disagree with mine but that doesn't make me like dislike you that's ridiculous right that's the whole so point. Really, of the we're, we're modeling shit. what humanity should be like. Hell yeah, we, bro! We can disagree with ideals and ideologies, but still love the person that has them. Yeah, although I don't love me ninety nine point nine. No, I don't love ninety nine point nine 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 infinity percent of human beings on the planet. I don't give a that's, shit about yeah mo- the vast majority of people. <laughs> that's that's totally fair. All right, so now now for something that really matters. We got new <laughs> gameplay footage of Marvel's The Avengers. Oh, Did you watch really any hope, of this? I was really hoping we were going to have like an uplifting story or something, <laughs> but just more crap. Did you watch any of this stuff? Because it's been making the rounds. Like a lot of different outlets got some gameplay. I watched a couple minutes of it. Game, game Informer, they have like a 19-minute video of them playing the game. This game looks so bad. It looks awful. Like I like I I feel bad for the people who have put the work in on this thing because it it looks like one of those new Sonic games level yeah. of bad. Like it looks like it's been noted to death. Like yeah. Disney and Marvel people coming in and being like, "This is super restrictive of how to make this game and right. how it needs to feel and play and what you need to show and do." And it just feels so. There is no energy or passion behind anything that is happening. Uh. So, kind of the structure, it's the opening minutes of the game where the big A-Day attack happens with Taskmaster, and you play little sequences with each uh, character. Starts off with Thor. Basically, he's in these little fight arenas where it throws, like, five dudes at you at a time, and you punch them, and you hit him with the, she- the hammer. And that's it. And then it goes to Iron Man. And then you're in this linear flight sequence like star fox style where you're just shooting dudes as you go and that lasts for about 60 seconds and then you go into a circular small combat arena where you play as iron man where they throw five guys at you at a time and then that's it and then it goes to hulk and hulk has a bunch of weird platforming sequences where platforming i use very lightly because he basically jumps from he's like on a ramp and then he jumps on a wall, and then he jumps on another wall, and then he jumps to the end. And then he is in a small circular combat arena where they throw five guys at you at a time. And then he goes on another ramp and jumps off a wall and jumps off a wall and jumps into another small circular combat arena where they throw five guys at you at a time. And then it goes to Cap, who at least his is a little different because whereas everyone else is just on this like straight line San Francisco bridge fight, and at least Captain America stuff is like up in the helicarrier, so it environmentally it looks different. But it's a small circular combat arena where they throw five guys at you at a time, <laughs> and you hit them, and you throw your shield at them, 
And then it transitions to Black Widow. And she has a linear flight sequence where she's riding on the back of Taskmaster. And there's some QTEs where you punch him in the head. And then she lands on the ground. And then he's the boss. Like, this is the boss fight. And basically, he flies at you really slowly. And you QTE dodge out of the way. And then you shoot him. And then it goes to phase two, which is in a small circular combat arena where he runs at you and tries to hit you and you dodge behind him and punch him. And then you do some QTEs and then you retreat. And then he does the same exact attack patterns again. And you hit him some more. And then randomly, she turns on invisibility. And then she just goes and you punch him and you beat him and that's it. And it takes all tension away from the fight because you just totally destroy him easily um and that was the 19 minute gameplay sequence if any of that sounds boring it's because that's because it sounds really boring uh there are lots of explosions lots of jumping lots of characters quipping which is all terrible there's actually a sequence in the black widow fight where she's like doing black backflips and like jumps on his back and is punching him in the head while also being like, hey, Tony, can you make sure to check on this guy for me? Like super casual voiceover as she's like <laughs> flipping around the space, like no energy in her voice acting. Um, yeah, man. I mean, they obviously got a bunch of high powered voice actors. Nolan North's in it. Uh, Laura Bailey's in it. What's his face? New Nolan North. Troy Baker is in it. Mark Willingham is in it. But none of them seem to give two flying fucks about their vocal performances. Hey, remember in Uncharted 4 when you would be, like, Nathan would be saying a line and you would go to climb something mm-hmm. and you would, like, grunt while he was saying the line? Yep. And it was, like, procedural voice work. Yep. Uh, that felt like the new standard of voice acting. This feels like a game from 1995. Totally. Yes. It feels like a completely linear like PlayStation 2 game that they rushed out to tie into the movie. I'd say almost PlayStation 1 in terms of like <laughs> the way the voice acting just yeah. plays over whatever is happening. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Um and then it definitely like the design is very reminiscent of early aughts PlayStation 2. Xbox just full of quick time events like these small combat arenas exactly you go one area like you're going an Mm -hmm. area at a time fighting groups of enemies in each area and it like totally takes all the momentum away because every 60 seconds it goes to like a transitionary cutscene right and then back to another little fight sequence like there's the issue that we had with Kingdom Hearts 3 yeah, like yeah. you walk into an area, cutscene, fight right. a group of guys. Walk into an area, cutscene, fight a bunch right. of guys. It's that. except this is way more linear than that. Yeah, and graphically worse, and looks like it doesn't play as well. Yeah, it like this. It seems absolutely terrible. This one hundred percent. I wrote down. This looks like a game made for the lowest common denominator. Like this is for. They're like, hey, all you folks that play Call of Duty and FIFA every year, and that's it. Here's a third game to play. We're like, they're not going to give a shit. They're like, oh, I smashed something. Something is the Hulk. Oh, Black Widow, what a great ass. Like, those people are the people that this game is for. <laughs> it looks awful. Do you think this game's 
for the kind of people who would make death threats towards respawn. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Although they're probably going to be really mad about all the DLC characters. Oh, for sure, yeah. This game's $60? Why isn't it free? <laughs> I'm an asshat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that game looks uh, shitty. Uh, so here's some like... Oh, man. After last podcast, where there was all this like bad news shit... And I was really looking forward to like, hey, let things happen again. Like, how about some good stories? And the world was like, nah. Nah. <laughs> um, BioWare continued, continues its downward spiral into being shut down in two years after Dragon Age comes out and is bad. Uh, the So Anthem, a couple of months ago, was handed off from their main studio in Edmonton to the support studio in Austin. There's a there was a big expose on Kotaku that Jason Schreier did, which was a really fascinating read after Anthem came out, just about the different studios and them butting heads and all this blah blah blah. It's really cool. Check it out. Uh, ben Irving, who became the lead producer on Anthem at their Austin studio, has left Bioware. So Anthem is obviously in a very bad place. The yeah. last thing uh, Edmonton and Austin had worked on together was the like new raid sort of thing, Cataclysm, I think it was called. Everyone fucking hated it, and then it's gone dark. Like, no new updates on the roadmap. They were like, yeah, we're going to support it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Getting another phone call here. Uh, so Going through yeah. a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> so the lead producer has left the studio. Also, Edmonton is now working on the new Dragon Age game. Their lead producer, Fernando Mello, is leaving Bioware. He was the senior producer on Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age 2, and he was the lead producer now on Dragon Age 4, whatever the game's going to be called. But not no mo. So basically, the dude running Anthem left, and one of the dudes running the new Dragon Age left. All things are rosy over at Bioware, I am sure. Um, Sounds like they could do with a new IP... And a new way of creating video games. Sounds like they could do with a reboot of their studio. Like yeah. it's just it's just clear to me that after the the doctors or whatever, like the main dudes at Bioware for years and years after they both left, just the talent level is not as high. The leadership clearly is not there. I'm not gonna throw all the blame at the feet of EA, but certainly the rushed release of something like Andromeda, something like Anthem, both at the end of fiscal years, did not help those products whatsoever. Um, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily EA's fault. If the development studios were missing deadlines and stuff, like at the end of the day, you have to put the game out at some point. I'm not just yeah. gonna say like bad bad people at EA not letting these creatives take more time because maybe more time would not have fixed the problem. Maybe they yeah. had already taken too much time. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of blame to go around on both sides. But at the end of the day, Mass Effect Andromeda was a complete shit show in every sense of the word, and Anthem has also been a complete shit show in every sense of the word. If Dragon Age comes out and is not great. Bioware's dead. That yeah. I am I'm this is planting Hail Mary. Planting my stake in the ground. This is their final fantasy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Their we'll final we'll see how this one pans out. And it will be sad to see a, a hailed studio like Bioware if they go under, but at the end of the day, they are almost, not the same Bioware. Right. That yeah, made almost Mass Effect. Nobody two. there has been there yeah. since like, you know, Mass Effect one and two. I like Dragon Age Inquisition. 
It's not an amazing game, but I liked it. I liked Dragon Age 2. It was not an amazing game, but I liked it okay. Mass Effect 3 was fine in a lot of ways. But yeah. they have not made, like, the classic Dragon Age Origins, Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2. Those were a long time ago. And they have not been able to hit those highs since then. So, yeah. Uh, Ubisoft CEO, Yves Guimot. I think it's how you pronounce Guillemot. He's French. I'm, I'm sure I butchered the pronunciation of his name. But he was recently asked about Sam Fisher and Splinter Cell. Because obviously there was a big Walmart Canada leak from EA two, or E3 two years ago. Where it said they were going to be in a new Splinter Cell game. All the other predictions from that came true except for that. And then last year there was a bunch of teasers of like... even I think we made the prediction of 2019 is when they're going to announce it. Right. And instead, they were like, hey, Sam's going to be in this mobile Elite Squad game. And we were like, what? And he was in that DLC for Ghost Recon Wildlands, and which was, again, people were like, they're building up the brand again for a new Splinter Cell game. Anyway, Ubisoft CEO came out and said that, hey, a new game in the series would put too much pressure on the studio making it. Like, because we clearly, like, we don't really know what a new Splinter Cell game would be or what it would mean. So instead, right. we're going to continue Sam Fisher in other ways, like this Elite Squad game, like the DLC in Ghost Recon Wildlands. So that just seems like a weird uh, choice to like keep the brand in people's minds if there isn't an intention to bring the series back. So I right. think it's just kind of double speak. I'm sure they're working on stuff and they just don't have anything to say. Maybe they were going to announce the Splinter Cell game, but it wasn't coming along, and now they're rebooting it in in a way. So yeah, I cannot imagine that they are not actively working on a Splinter Cell. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so remember uh, uh, uh Dead Island the new Dead Island being announced like four years ago in that yeah, CG Dead trailer? Island 2. Yes. Yeah. Uh that game has changed developers four times and now make it five. Because Jaeger game or uh, sorry, formerly developed by Jaeger, who had made Spec Ops the line, now being taken over. By the studio that made Homefront the Revolution. So probably we should hope that the game is going to be canceled. <laughs> um, yeah. I played that game. You did? I beat that game. Not sure why. It was functional. Was it? I thought you had a lot of complaints about how the game played. I didn't say... I liked how it played. I said it played. You literally could play it. Yes. It was it was possible to interact with. Correct. Yes. Accurate. Okay. Uh, and this all came out as part of an earnings call with THQ Nordic, who also said that they are currently working on a new Saints Row game. Not sure how I feel about that. I'm not as big on Saints Row as some other folks. Saints Row 3 is a good game. I didn't really like Saints Row 4. Um, and then they went and made that like sort of spin-off Volition made that other spin-off game that was like some maybe in the same universe, but it was class based. Uh, Get out of hell. Oh, no, no, that was the, the, the superhero was, one. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what that game was called, but yeah. it did not set the world on fire. And I think I bought it for like two dollars on a PlayStation sale like a year Oof. or so ago. So yeah, that's that. Would not at all be surprised if Dead Island Two never comes out. Uh, so we talked about Metro Exodus, the new DLC. There's another Metro game in the works, which, no spoilers please, but I assumed that Metro Exodus would be the final game. Like, I assumed they'd have some kind of wrap-up in the story. Although, I did also assume that in Last Light, with the whole, like, the black creature things. I assumed that that was going to be, like, the end of that storyline. So, 
But anyway, the the writer of the books said he's working on more story for a new game. Will not be based on any of his books. It's going to be completely new stuff. So that's cool. Obviously, it's still super early on, but uh, the weird thing about the Metro games is that they all have like good and bad endings. Oh, okay. So like they they all canonically is like the good ending is right. canonical. Um, I don't remember what the good ending is. I think I got the good ending in Exodus because there's a lot of stuff that you can do to kind of like work that invisible meter back and forth. Sure. I think I got the good ending. I know it gives a lot of opportunity to not kill people when you're yeah. like stealthing. You can like knock them out. I've been killing everyone because fuck those guys. Yeah. You'll probably get the bad ending then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm early on. Uh, okay, so we talked about this after E3 of like st- games that were missing in action from E3. One of which was Town. The new game that Game Freak, the makers of the Pokemon games, had announced... I think at the Game Awards previously, um, which originally had a 2019 release date. Pretty safe to assume that was not going to be the case anymore since it completely went dark. There was just a little teaser trailer as part of the announcement. Well, Game Freak recently filed a trademark for the title Little Town Hero. So speculation is like, this is the new title of the game, Little Town Hero. Which sounds like three words just mashed together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for me, it's mostly just like, hey, at least they're still working on this game. Assuming this right. is the new title. I'm happy about that. Uh, I would love to see them do something different. Or at least somewhat different. Like the town... It, to me, the pitch of the game felt very... Ah, oh, shit. What's the name of that game? Fuck. I love that game. There were They made two of them. They were very different. They were JRPGs. Xeno Saga? No. No, because no, I only made two. There, it was a PS2 oh. game. Dark Cloud. Dark Cloud, thank you. Yeah. Felt the, the pitch of this felt very Dark Cloud 2. Yeah. It had yeah, like yeah. RPG elements, you have a little party with you, they have town building stuff involved. So that sounded neat. Moving maybe, into, maybe I didn't get yeah. that far into Dark Cloud 2, but there wasn't any town building stuff in 2, was I'm there? I'm sorry. Was it just one? There was in the first game. The yeah, town the building was in game, Dark Cloud yeah. 1. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving into the world of movies and television, they're going to make a new Matrix movie, which shouldn't be any, at all surprising given how Keanu Reeves is like the shit now. Yeah. Uh, Lana Wachowski, one of the Wachowski siblings who did the original movies, she is going to write and direct. Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss are already back to star. No story details or anything. I don't know how they make a Matrix 4, but okay. Dude, who cares, man? <laughs> Fucking yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Hell uh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I guess I should say, like, so a lot of this news that has come out, like video game, there was Gamescom in between last episodes, Disney right. Expo just recently happened, so there's a lot of Disney Marvel news, Star Wars news. Um, there also a big announcement that there is a Breaking Bad movie coming out October 11th on Netflix. It is called El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. It is focusing on Jesse Pinkman. So it takes place after the show. So obviously it cannot have Walter White in it because he's deadzo. But uh, Jesse Pinkman is in it. Directed and written by Vince Gilligan, creator of the show. And they, at, at um, uh, the reveal, they had a little teaser trailer that was like an interview or a, an interrogation with Skinny Pete. Where they were like asking him about the whereabouts of Jesse Pinkman. So that's kind of the little teaser that they had. I'm pretty psyched about it. Why not? You know? 
Breaking Bad's sure. incredible. Sure, why not? Yeah, Vince Gilligan's a lot, awesome. A lot of my friends really like Breaking Bad, so... Yeah, it's super good. It's definitely a contender for best show ever. I don't I don't have a firm answer on that, but it's definitely up there. Uh, <laughs> Uncharted yeah. movie. Yeah. Just like Dead Island 2 has moved to like its fifth development studio, Uncharted now is potentially looking for its sixth director. Dan Trachtenberg, who directed 10 Cloverfield Lane was recently attached to, d- to direct. And that's when Tom Holland came on board as Nathan Drake. Well, Dan Trachtenberg has left. Uh, this development has all- of the movie has also been moved over to the new Sony film studio called PlayStation Productions, which is interesting. I'm going to assume they're mostly focused on adapting PlayStation IP. This is their first project they're working on. Tom Holland is still attached to star as Nathan Drake, but goes back into limbo until they can find a director. Good chance this movie I, never happens. I don't even care if this movie happens. I just want to see the documentary about on the making of the movie. The making of it. <laughs> yeah, all the behind the scenes shit, for sure. Like, what went wrong? Uh, so here's something I'm pretty psyched about. We got a first trailer from the D23 Expo for The Mandalorian. Did you watch this? Yeah. It shows basically nothing. Yeah. Dude. Except for, like, the vibe of it. Uh, you don't even see Pedro Pascal, who's playing the titular Mandalorian. You don't even see his face, <laughs> which I'm like, I'm are really we hoping see this face? isn't like a real Master Chief kind of he never takes yeah. his helmet off thing. I so I don't actually believe this, but this would be fucking cool as hell that they cast Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian, but that's a red herring. It's actually a different person playing the Mandalorian, like Pedro Pascal and ends up being in it in some capacity, but the actual character of the Mandalorian is not Pedro Pascal. And that's why they're not showing us his face. Yes, no, maybe so. I think it'd be cool. Maybe dumb, but maybe cool. It could be uh, like a real, like a Mandarin thing. Yeah. Mandalorian if it, if, is close enough to Mandarin that... Right. <laughs> if they did go that route, that would be dumb because I hated that twist in Iron Man 3. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, in the trailer, you see Tatooine. You see his first glimpse of his ship called the Razor Crest, which looks cool. I just like, you know, I like the music. I like the vibe of it. It seemed pretty dark, which is nice. I'm glad that it's like not super PG-13. I w- I'm sure it won't be ultra violent. It's not going to be like the Punisher or anything, but it seems a little darker than a lot yeah. of what, what Disney's done. What's also, very convenient about lasers is that the wounds don't bleed, Shay. But it, it's very convenient. That's true. They cauterize the wound. <laughs> uh, Werner Herzog is also the only character that speaks, and he has the greatest voice of all time. If you want to put Morgan Freeman up there in the top five, you can absolutely do that, but there is no competition. Werner Herzog has the best voice ever. So this comes out on November 12th. I'm really hi- hyped for it. I hope it's good. Spider-Man is no longer in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because Sony and Disney cannot reach a new deal. So the way this worked is they had a deal for Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home where Disney got 5% of the global box office as well as all of the merchandising. Sony got the rest. They were meant to renegotiate after Far From Home. Disney came to Sony and said, Yo, dog." We can do whatever the fuck we want because we're Disney. We want 50% of your shit now. And Sony was like, hard pass. We would rather make a shitty Spider-Man movie 
and make less because that would still make us more money than it would to partner with you on this. Obviously, it's not like this is totally dead. I'm sure they're still negotiating. I'm sure they will find a resolution. It is interesting to see the internet's reaction and say, fuck you, Sony, let Disney keep it. And then the details come out of like, maybe Disney's being pretty greedy and pretty heavy-handed and trying to like strong-arm Sony into this where Disney is in the wrong and not Sony. Yeah, a 1,000% increase is pretty dramatic. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. Um, Yeah. So, also as part of this, they said, like, hey, they have two other Spider-Man movies that are still in the works. They're still going to work on them in hopes that they find, you know, a way to make this work. I certainly hope they do. It would be a big bummer for him to just, like, now disappear for no reason. I haven't seen Far From Home, so maybe there's a justification, but, like, I don't know. I know you don't like Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but this would be a big bummer. Especially because I have zero, absolutely zero faith that Sony would make a, a good Spider-Man reboot. Because they failed at it three times already. Yeah. And yeah. the Venom movie was bad, so like, zero faith. Final news story. Also as part of D23, more Marvel shows on Disney+. Plus. They're making Ms. Marvel... Which is the Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. She's a teenage, uh, I think she's Hindu? She's Indian. Um, so that would be cool. She'll be like a teenage superhero. They're also doing She-Hulk. And they're doing Moon Knight. Which to me breaks my heart. I fucking love Moon Knight. He's one of my favorite comic book heroes. He's like Batman but better. I am mostly heartbroken because in my mind, I have the most awesome pitch for a Moon Knight television show that in my wildest dreams, I imagined actually being able to sell. And now I won't. And I hope they do something cool, because my idea was fucking dope. If you don't know Moon Knight, he suffers from multiple personality disorder. What makes him better than Batman is that he is he is Batman. He's a rich dude, no superpowers. He just fights crime because he's a fucking badass. What makes him better than Batman is his suit is white. And when his sidekick is like, yo... Why is your suit white? You fight people at night. Why is your suit white? And his answer is, because I want them to see me coming. And that is the coolest shit (laughs) of all time. It is so fucking cool. Moon Knight's the best. For a while, he had actual superpowers, but they got taken away because he is working with this, like, beaked god called Noshu. His backstory is really fucking weird. Multiple personality disorder part is the most awesome part. What is coolest to me is in a recent Warren Ellis, I think it was Warren Ellis, comic book adaptation of this character, Moon Knight is fighting this dude who says he only exists because Moon Knight exists, and he fights under the the moniker Mr. Knight. And he like wears a dope white suit, carries a white cane with a white hat, and you find out that Mr. Knight is Moon Knight. It's one of his personalities. He is his own supervillain. And that would be such a fucking cool twist in like season two of the show where Moon Knight is fighting against Mr. Knight this whole time. He's trying to track him down. And then at the end of season two, you realize, holy shit, it's the same guy. That'd be so fucking cool. Moon Knight is awesome. God, I hope they make the show cool. I'm a little afraid that they're going to water it down because Moon Knight is very violent. He kills the shit out of dudes. He brands them. So, like, in um, Batman vs. Superman, there was that big thing about, like, Batman branded the villains that he put into prison. That was stolen from Moon Knight. Oh. Uh, Moon Knight, his his hero thing is, like, a crescent moon. Like, a whatever, like, half, you know, I make, like, a C sort of shape. 
and he right. would brand dudes when he would fucking murder them. He's awesome. Also, his sidekick is a former like airplane or a, a Air Force pilot who is crippled and black and gay. It's like every single minority mashed into one. <laughs> He's awesome. It's a great oh character. I love Moon Knight. <laughs> I also like the idea of a Moon Knight show where he's like teaming up with the other heroes, but then you find out that the other heroes are also his other personality. That is another storyline. Hell is from, yes, it is. Yes. I should you, write this shit. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis. He did a reboot of Moon Knight where Moon Knight moves from New York City to L.A. And his current persona, he's like an L.A. film producer who is also still Moon Knight. And there's a big thing about like he has the powers of Wolverine and Captain America and maybe Spider-Man. Because all of those characters' voices are in his heads manipulating him as he goes. It's fucking awesome. Moon Knight is so awesome. I love Moon Knight. He does not get enough respect. The article I read about this was like, if you don't know Moon Knight, don't be surprised. He's really a blah, blah, blah. And I guess some, like, site ranked the best superheroes ever, and he's, like, number 147. So he's, like, super irrelevant. And I say, fuck you to that list. (laughs) There are a lot of superheroes I love. I love Spider-Man. I love Green Lantern. I love Green Arrow. I love Batman. I love Moon Knight. He's in my top five. That's probably my top five favorite superheroes. And Moon Knight might be number two behind Spider-Man. Moon Knight is dope because I want them to see me coming. That is so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your least favorite superhero? Um, well, there are a lot of like jokey superheroes. I would need to think about that because there are a lot of superheroes like B and C tier dudes. Right. Oh, that's a tough question. So many pop into my head um, that are like mediocre, but there are, I'm sure... I need to look through my comic book stash. I am not a fan of Mr. Terrific. He's a DC hero. He's like super smart scientist guy. He's lame. Um, oh, now I'm just thinking of a bunch of other guys I love. Like Booster Gold. I fucking love Booster Gold. He's from the future. And everyone he comes back and everyone thinks he has superpowers. But it's actually just his suit is like makes him super powered and so he's like lying to everybody and he has this like little flying robot that tells him all this stuff of like like he solves crimes because he knows that they're gonna happen because he knows the future because he's from the future oh right and he lies and tells everybody oh i'm a superhero from the future but he fucking wasn't he was a janitor he just stole the superhero super suit and went back in time booster gold's also really good he's very fun hell yeah man you got to take control of your own destiny sick of mopping floors go mop up crime (laughs) so yeah that's all the news it's a lot let's do a hate of the week it's really hot in this room for some reason so we gotta wrap this baby up i'm sweating hate of the week okay so i teased this a little bit already we talked a lot about the whole apex legends thing it's basically just that there is no gray area no middle ground anymore on the internet. Everything is like hot take versus hot take. Either you are like, either you hate a thing or you hate the people that have anything bad to say about the thing. Like there's no middle ground where like, oh, I have some criticisms about the thing, but I see the value in it. That is like not allowed to exist anymore. Well, because right, if you are if, in the middle, yeah, if you do that, the then people you're that, part of the problem. Yes, yes. The people that hate unquote. the people that hate the thing also hate you. They loop you in with the people that hate the thing. And that's so not fair. So 
obviously the Apex Legends thing is a big example of this. The Ninja thing is a big example of this. The Sony versus Marvel thing is it's everything and is is an example of this because it's a big problem. But the example for me today, which it's about football, so feel free to zone out, Kyle. But no, it's relevant. So like, <laughs> quarterback for the Colts, Andrew Luck. He's twenty eight. He's had a lot of injuries in his NFL history. He is incredibly talented, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. If he continued to play, he would 100% be in the Hall of Fame. He's an awesome quarterback. The Colts are on a huge upswing. They're my favorite team, obviously. They're on a huge upswing, legitimate Super Bowl contenders for like the next decade. They have a great coach, a great general manager that has great drafted players. The quarterback is the most important position in football. Andrew Luck, in tw- for, he didn't play football for like a year and a half because of an injury. Came back last year. Everybody was like, there's no chance. He's got to be washed up. He's been out of it too long. He came back, won the NFL Comeback Player of the Year, was in the MVP conversation through the second most touchdowns in the NFL last season. He decided to retire yesterday. He's 28. For reference, Tom Brady turns 43 this year, and he's still the quarterback for the Patriots and just signed a contract extension for another two years. Damn. This, this is... Without hyperbole, the most shocking NFL news story in the history of the sport. A dude that just fought his way back from injury, playing at an MVP level for a Super Bowl contender team. He is super young, one of the best players in the NFL, out of nowhere, a week before the season starts, decides to retire. It's absolutely insane. And so, of course... Because people are fucking shitty, which, as a Colts fan, I am embarrassed. There are videos going around of people burning their Andrew Luck jerseys. This was, it sucks because this leaked. Yes, I know, I know. He, <laughs> people he are was so gonna, fucking stupid. He was going to have a press conference Sunday at 3 p.m. to announce this. It leaked. And so the night before, Andrew Schefter, who's like the biggest newsbreaker in the NFL, he works for ESPN, he tweeted. He's like, hey, news conference tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Andrew Luck is going to announce that he's retiring from the NFL. Which obviously broke the internet. Like, that's fucking insane. And because of that, the Colts were currently playing a preseason game while this happened. So, of course, everybody's like, holy shit. People that are at the game see this news breaking. And people are, like, rushing Andrew Luck to ask him about it. So instead of waiting until 3 p.m. on Sunday, he had to have the press conference after the game which totally distracted from the team effort of the game. He wasn't playing, obviously, because he's the starting quarterback. They wouldn't play him in a preseason game. But at, as the news broke, the game ends, he's walking off the field, and people were booing him. Like, as a Colts fan, that is embarrassing to me, that people would boo this guy for making this decision. And the issue where this is relevant to this middle ground is that As a fan of the Colts, I can be sad and like maybe frustrated by this, by the fact that it was a week before the season started. We're Super Bowl contending team. We quarterback is so far and away the most important position. It's not even close. If you don't have a great quarterback, your team is not going to be good. It's just the way it works. And now we are going to be starting a backup quarterback all year in a year where people thought we could win the Super Bowl. Now, we probably won't even make the playoffs. That sucks. As a fan of the Colts, I'm allowed to be frustrated by that. I may be allowed to be frustrated at Andrew Luck for waiting so long to announce this. 
But I also understand that he's a human being who has had a lot of injuries in his career. It's taken a huge mental toll on him. And the passion for him is not there. He is currently dealing with an injury that he's trying to come back from to make it for week one of the season. And he's just exhausted and beat up and worn down and fed up with this sport. Totally respect that he is an adult that can make his own decisions. I can also be like sad for the future of the franchise and also frustrated at the timing of this. That has takes away nothing from my humanity and empathy for this human being. Right. And yet that like isn't allowed. Because if I voice that, people loop me into the people booing him and burning his jersey. And be like, oh, you think your franchise is more important than this man's personal life? No, of course not. I never said that. Yeah, like, you can have both of those emotions yes. simultaneously and process them separately. Yes. And that is so frustrating to me. And the predominant reaction is like being bummed about my favorite sports franchise, but also like this poor guy who just he is he was living his dream of being an NFL quarterback and he was one of the best at it. And along the way that left him. And I'm sure he is like he, he, you know, at his actual press conference he was in tears about it, like he was clearly broken up and like saddened. And that sucks, man. Like I hope he finds something else that he's passionate about, you know, whatever like i hope he is able to move on from that that's the predominant reaction but i'm allowed to also be like ugh guess we're not super bowl contenders anymore but right. that's like such a smaller reaction you know what i mean so yeah. it's just it just sucks and of course and then you have the opposite side of the people that are like oh you want to know how crazy it is tom brady is still playing football after peyton manning and after peyton manning's successor i'm like that's so fucking not at all has any, that has nothing to do with any of this like, what, how do you turn this into praising Tom Brady? What the fuck does that have to do? It's so stupid. Like, people are so... Everyone has to have their hot take. Everyone has to have their unique thing to say right. to get their likes and their retweets. And it's fucking sick. <sighs> so that's all I want. I just want the middle ground to come back. You see in politics, people are farther and farther getting to the outsides of the political spectrum. Whereas yeah. it used to be, you know, a, a bell curve where the middle was the highest and now it's the outsides that are the highest. It sucks. So that's hate of the week. We got an email. So this can be fun. And I'm going to be really hungry now after talking about this. Email from Steve. Says, Shane, Kyle, let's talk food. Okay. <laughs> I'm already on board. <laughs> None of us are above a good chain restaurant, but could too much be too much? You are only allowed to eat at one chain restaurant, which can be fast food, casual, sit down, whatever, but it's a chain. And you can only eat at that chain restaurant for an entire year. What do you pick? So if you can only pick one restaurant and you can only eat at that one restaurant. So this question is uh, deceptive, right? Like, you think, oh, like, what's your favorite restaurant you want to eat there? There are a lot of considerations, because now there's three categories in which that restaurant could belong to. Fast right. food, fast casual, or sit down. Right. And then, you know, you have to take into account, okay, it's not just my favorite food. It's when I need to get stuff. Right. When I don't have time to prepare food. Like, it, it, ha it has to be a fast food restaurant for me. For my lifestyle, I would have to be able to get fast food. Like I can't, I do not have time to prepare meals. 
I don't have time to do all that prep stuff. I can't bring food with me everywhere. I have to be able to pick food up. Yeah. So if I'm limited to one type of restaurant, it's going to have to be fast food. Now, the progression from that, like, like what fast food restaurant, if I'm limited to just one, it should be one that has the most, the widest range of choices. Because yes. I'm going to get sick of it, right? That was my exact reaction. I had the same thought process. Because okay. when, when it comes to fast food, first reaction was Taco Bell. Because it's my favorite fast food. And if there's a go-to fast food place, it's Taco Bell. And they have a wide right. variety of things I like at Taco Bell. The quesaritos, yeah. regular tacos, quesadillas, blah, blah, blah. But do I want to only eat at Taco Bell? I don't think so. I need more types of options. Like, it wouldn't be a McDonald's, but at least at McDonald's you can get a hamburger or you can get fries or you can get a salad if you want. There are way a wider range of food types than at Taco Bell. So Taco Bell was my initial fast food option, but I don't think I could do Taco Bell as my only option. Right. Because uh, I like to think, like, Taco Bell has a huge list of things, but it's all it's all They're made all of, like, same. the same core five, yeah. six ingredients. Yeah. Um, so, like, while you could, like, oh, one day I'll get a burrito, one day I'll get the nachos, one day I'll get the quesadilla, one day I'll get the, like, the Mexican pizza, it's, you're, it's still all made of the same stuff. Yeah. So, for me, mm-hmm. I'm going Wendy's. Interesting. That did not pop into my mind. Wendy's is a good choice. Because Wendy's, you can get soft drink, but you can also get their Frosties. Mm-hmm. Wendy's, you can get some bomb-ass chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. And they just brought back their spicy chicken nuggets, right. thank you very much, which I just ate 20 of the other day, and it was heaven, <laughs> and I had a lot of indigestion afterwards. They have bomb chili. Their chili is amazing. Great chili. It comes in a gelatinous cube, and I could not be happier with the result. Great chili. They also have really good salads. For a fast food restaurant, yes. they have good salad They options. have a spicy chicken Caesar salad that is yes. delicious. Yes. It is too small, but it is delicious. Their burgers are good. Their burgers are totally fine. Much like, higher I would quality have their burger. than something like McDonald's. Right. Yeah. I would, I would hold it up like... I would eat a McDonald's burger, I would eat a Burger King burger, and I would eat a Wendy's yes, burger. They're absolutely. all slightly different, right. and they're all good. They also have really good, like, deli-type sandwiches. Where, like, they come in, like, the paper wrap, huh. and it's like... I don't think I've had those. Like, the flatbread kind of sandwich stuff. You can get them, like... I think you might even be able to get them toasted or not toasted. But, uh, I forget what they actually call them. But, like... Deli style sandwiches. Are you sure? Because Arby's has those. I've never seen those at a Wendy's. I used to get them at Wendy's. I don't know if they still have them. Let me check. Because I would also throw out Wendy's has a really good bacon Asiago chicken sandwich that is also Mm. incredible. Delicious. That does sound good. Wendy's is a good choice, like for fast food. My issue was, if it's something I'm going to eat every day, like actual fast food is less appealing because it's so bad for me that I want a little bit more of like that uh, elevated fast food or like the fast casual because obviously like Chipotle popped into my mind. Could I eat Chipotle every day? 100% because I ate Chipotle almost every day for a year when I worked there. And in fact, right. I ate Chipotle multiple times a day, almost every day when I worked there for a year. But you got to stop in. True. There is not that's, a drive-through for thing. Chipotle. Yes, but if it's Chipotle not... Chipotle had a drive-through, it's a different conversation. Yeah, it's not that much of a of an inconvenience. But like for me, I'm on a fucking crunch. That's fine. I got... I have... 
like between classes and rehearsals two days a week, yeah. I have 40 minutes to get from campus to the school and get food. I'm on time crunch. Because part of the other problem with Chipotle is, is similar like Taco Bell problem. Much higher quality food, obviously. But there's a l- very limited amount because everything is made with the same ingredients. Yeah, you can get a burrito right. or a bowl or a salad with a different meat. But all the ingredients are pretty much the same. You can like right. come up with little concoctions like you mentioned in the last episode. Like, oh, hard taco and soft taco with guac in the middle. Or, hey, I could make myself a chicken quesadilla at Chipotle maybe. Like, I could do that stuff, but at the end, it's still all the same stuff. So the other option that I think is, like, it is fast food, but it's elevated fast food was Chick-fil-A. Because there are so many things at Chick-fil-A that I am obsessed with. Their regular Chick-fil-A sandwich, the spicy Chick-fil-A sandwich, their grilled and their fried nuggets are amazing. Their waffle fries are fantastic. They have great Coke because they have the little ice cubes that make the Coke taste extra good. Tons of great stuff. Their their grilled chicken sandwich is delicious. All their dipping sauces, the honey mustard, the Chick-fil-A sauce, their honey roasted barbecue, all yeah. of it is delicious. It's just, it's the also, thing it's just that a little kills, more expensive. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not as much taking that into consideration here. Okay. Because you have to eat there, so like you have to budget for it. Like I'm not only sure. going for cheap. The thing that kills it with Chick-fil-A, not open on not Sundays. Not open on Sundays. Yeah. So I don't think that can make the list either. And I don't then I think thought, God had. Uh, I don't think God had Chick Fil A in mind when He uh, <laughs> created the Sabbath. Because I would also loop Zaxby's into that category. Like they have a lot of different foods that I love all of them, but it's it, it's not as good as Chick Fil A. So if, I would rather give up Sunday and have Chick Fil A than have Zaxby's. I think that was the tiebreaker there. And then I yeah. thought, okay, sit-down restaurants. that You can still order stuff to go, or you can get Uber Eats. That still works. The biggest, ch- big chains that I, c- I would never get sick of, Olive Garden is one. Love so oh, yeah. many different foods. But at the end of the day, it's just pasta. I can make my own pasta, and it's still delicious. Do I only want to limit myself to eating Olive Garden? I don't think so. So I think my answer there, my contender for other sit-down restaurants, is Fridays. Because they have Ooh. a lot of different foods that are all incredible. They oh, make the Coke Daniels with grenadine, chicken. which is the correct way to make a cherry Coke. Yes. That's very important. They have good desserts. And with a marshino in it. You, you can order booze there, which is also yeah, important right. if you're going to sit there, obviously. <laughs> right. So but I think, like, all things put together, it's really hard to pick one. Because, like, my legitimate yeah. contenders are Taco Bell. Wendy's is a great, great pull. Would not have thought of that, but it's definitely a contender. Friday's. Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, Zaxby's. If I had to only pick one, I'm going to go with my gut here, which might be surprising, but I would say Chipotle. Okay. I think it is the highest quality food of anything on that list. I already ate it for a year every day, so I know I enjoyed it. (laughs) You can do it. (laughs) And I I don't think I would ever get sick of it. Are the options fewer? 100% than anything else on that list, but it is so delicious. Like, even now, I could eat Chipotle every day. Like, if I think about that, I'm like, hell yeah, dude, give me Chipotle every day. I'd be excited about it. So that's my choice. Yeah. And Wendy's is yours? Uh, uh, yeah. And a, that's a, a great quick choice. Wendy, quick Wendy's update. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I think I was thinking was Arby's, Arby's. sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, but some menu items I didn't know about at Wendy's. Bacon jalapeno cheese fries. 
Like okay. melted cheese over their fries yeah. with bacon bits. God, and also jalapeno. So you can get it without hungry. the jalapeno. And then they also have chili cheese fries, oh, which God. you can get. And they have baked potatoes. You can get a sour cream and chive. Their baked, baked potatoes, potatoes are bacon good. Bacon cheese baked potato. Yeah, I've had those. Like, They're good. And their they fries have, are also uh, good. We didn't yeah, even talk about like their fries. They have like diced apples and like strawberries and blueberries yep. if you need some fruit. Wendy's fucking got it going yeah. on. Didn't Dang. didn't make it onto my contenders list, but Arby's would also be a good option. I love yeah. their beef and cheddar; is so good. Dude, their curly fries amazing. are amazing. Their regular roast beef with some Arby's sauce on it, incredible. Yeah. They have those market fresh sandwiches, which is a great mix up. They have sliders, which are right. new, which aren't like amazing, okay. but if you're going to switch up your palate a little bit, they have like a buffalo sure. chicken one, a barbecue chicken one. Those are good. Okay. Oh god, I'm so hungry. Dude, Wendy's so Damn good. Damn it, Steve. <laughs> and it's, I mean, local time. It's almost 4 p.m. It's the middle of the afternoon. I am oh, starving. God. I don't know what I'm going to do about it because I do not imagine my wife is going to be like, yeah, let's go get fast food. I'm my so My wife picked hungry. up McDonald's after getting the groceries, and oh. I'm already hungry again. Oh, yeah. I had it's some leftover like pizza this morning. Did not last me long enough. But that's going to do it. We're going to wrap up with something we don't hate. And shocker, my don't hate is food, kind of. I don't hate Mountain Dew with all-natural cane sugar. Regular like Mountain the throwback? Dew... throwback? Yeah, the throwback. Regular Mountain Dew is better. You can't beat perfection. Mountain Dew and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are literally the two best food creations of all time. But the Mountain Dew with the cane sugar, the throwback style, is still incredible. It is a great alternate version, alternate reality Mountain Dew. Yeah. And I'm going to have one today, which is why I don't hate it. That's, that's especially, so I don't really have soda during the week because <clears throat> I have my energy drinks and stuff and I'm trying to limit it. So like weekends, those are my soda days. And so I always make sure I'm strategic. There was a big soda sale at Publix where it was like buy two 12 packs, get two free, which is bonkers. So I got four 12 packs for $9. Hell that is yeah. literally the cheapest I've ever seen it. And so I got eight 12 packs of soda. I right. got a Mountain Dew. It's not going to go bad. No. And I'm not going crazy with it. It's not like I'm dr- Like, my wife got pissed at me. Legitimately. Because she... Because <laughs> it's killing me. I totally... She is in the right. I'm not saying that she's wrong. But she was mad. Because that was my justification. Of like, it was so much on sale. I'm not going to drink it more than I did before. And it'll last forever. Like, I might as well buy it now. She didn't see the logic. It's something... I don't know. <laughs> women huh <laughs> so let me see let me see the list so i got i got a 12 pack of mountain dew throwback mountain dew code red mountain dew they're like fourth of july holiday brew yeah it was okay. holiday brew I, I don't really like it it was okay i got crush orange soda just to do something yeah. a little different i got dr pepper i got cherry pepsi because it was pepsi products only and okay. i got um New blueberry Pepsi, which is good. Interesting. It has blueberry and raspberry in it. Sounds good. It's good. It's not as good as Wild Cherry Pepsi, which is not as good as Cherry Coke, but it's something a little different. I was like, hey, I'm getting 12 of these. Let's try something. And I love having all that. I mean, being OCD like I am, I love having all that variety where I can like have a different one all the time. Yesterday I had a Crush, which was great. It was a great like palate cleanser. It's not like... Because it's caffeine-free. It has less sugar than all the other ones. That's my problem with it is it's caffeine-free. But that's not why I, I drink it. I drink it because I like I know. the taste. I know. But, like, for me, I if I'm going to have – because I drink probably, like, three sodas a day. That is 
don't don't do that stop doing that no <laughs> i drink like three sodas a day and so at least one of them has to have caffeine so okay fair enough so I'll, I'll have like a crush or something a root beer or something and then like a mountain Ooh, dew type or root a beer dude barks red cream soda the red root beer i don't Ooh, like baby i don't like cream soda it, I don't dislike it, but I would never choose it. Is it? Hold on. Is it? Is it red cream soda? Is that what I'm thinking of? I have it right here. <laughs> yeah, red cream soda. Okay. I'm gonna drink that right now. Root beer is very good. I think A and W is probably my favorite kind of root beer, but Bargs is okay. Hey, Bargs, IBC if, is the uh, best. You the want a sponsor? Bottle. If you want to sponsor our podcast. <laughs> sip into a barks barks bark barks it's a sip, g right sip is into it, a no, it's, barks? it's a q it's barks? a q isn't it barks? barks or is it a yeah it bends backwards i think it's a q right that's i can't it do. does no it does look I, like i know a it's q. Re, it's reversed is it in barks? the webcam it's barks that makes no sense well root root beer comes like a tree bark that is no no <laughs> i i'm just spitballing dude no i've always said barks so but I, I but when, when i when i do when i say it it's like halfway between a hard k q sound and yes. a g barks yeah so i do like barks. both of them i do like both of them simultaneously so i can't be wrong it should just be b-a-r-x barks barks <laughs> barks all right, give me your give me your don't hate. We need to wrap this up because I need to eat. Wendy's spicy chicken nuggets are back, bro. Yeah. They I, sell them in buckets. I kind of want to go get Wendy's now. The problem is there are too many options at Wendy's, and so I won't want to get a lot of stuff because now I really spicy want the chili. I want a frosty. All right, well, all here, here's what you do. Mm-hmm. You get like an eight pieces of chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. You get a chili, large mm-hmm. or regular, your your call, whatever you want, whatever you're feeling in the moment, and then also get a large frosty. But I also want it's fries. Those three things, because I want to dip the fries in the frosty. Then get a small fry and a and a re- I'll get a regular chili and a small fry. Yeah, that's not too and much then food. A, like an eight piece chicken. nugget. Yeah, that's not too much. That's, a, that's it, a if there's if there's a little amount. bit left over, like a, a chicken nugget or there a won't. few fries. No, there won't. No big deal. No, I just mean like I thought you were gonna pitch to me like yeah, just go and get the twenty count nugget, get the large fry, a large chili, and maybe throw in a burger like. I thought that was going to be like that's okay, Shay, way that's too much. That's what I do. Yes, exactly. I, you are not me. <laughs> All right. No, you're the only thing that gets me through the day. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally and physically, because you'd make it through. Ah. <laughs> oh, gee. That's a good place to end it, or maybe a bad place, but that's where we're gonna end it. How about that? Uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Check out ShayIt'sEverything.com. Please subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already. Leave us a review on iTunes. Send us an email, just like Steve, to info at ShayHatesEverything.com. Interact with us on social media. Give us your hottest take so I can call you an asshat. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out. <laughs>